women. And uh, James Hobart and Brian appear to be eating. Brian ordered room service. He's sitting in his hotel room in Madison, Wisconsin. James is sitting in a VRBO in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm in a hotel in Madison. You're in a hotel too. You bring your own food. Brian does room service. Yeah, we um, we have a good setup. Meat, seeds, nuts, veggies, baby. Professional athlete versus professional analyst. And me, Sevon Matosi, and I'm on my, as I was chatting with James Hobart, my 60th week of fasting for 36 hours. I stop eating every Saturday night. I don't start again until Monday morning. That's why I look so youthful, even though I'm 112. <laughs> Sevon, I feel like we should uh, do the same disclaimer just in case people didn't watch the first one when they're watching this is you know we're going to put out the list of all the athletes competing at the games this year 1 through 39 in the women's case we mean no disrespect to any of them for any of the rankings we understand that they've already proven themselves and their capacity just to get to this point but we also understand that it's a competition of the highest caliber of the sport right now and that someone has to finish in every single place on the leaderboard and so this is my best approximation of what's going to happen and I will uh, also just admit up front that I'm less confident on the women's side than the men's side. This is a crazy competitive field. Fair yeah. enough. Um, what a, real quick, real quick. Sorry, Hobart. And then, and then you go. Uh, I, 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 in the in the men's competition, um, when when uh, Brian was doing the rankings, uh, 38 through one, which was fantastic, Brian. Thank you. I was also rating the top five best bodies. Um, at the CrossFit games in the men's competition. And I didn't get to recap that at the end, but the top five in no particular order are, uh, Guy or Guy, Guillerme uh -huh. from Brazil. Uh, Finland was, uh, was it Finland? No. Number two is Latvia. What was that guy's name? Will this Yeah. Him. Him. Yeah. Great name. Number three was Adrian Munvieler. Nice. Uh, number four, Four was Noah Olson, like I said, not in any particular order. And number five, which I didn't even get to mention on the show, and I apologize, was Brent Fikowski. I thought those were the – now, Brian judges uh, what kind of – how these cars will perform on the track. I simply judge them by the way they look. Okay. Women's competition. Go ahead. Were you going to say something, Hobart? Yeah, but I feel like it's kind of – I was just going to say, you know, I, for, you forget too that there are athletes who go out there and say, I'm just here to have fun. And though I don't really trust that games athletes feel that way, I feel like if you are saying that, you kind of got to be at the mercy of wherever Brian places you. <laughs> Fair. I don't know if, if having fun is the, is the motive for any of them, but I think there are athletes with different perspectives and realistic understandings of what this particular year at the games means for them. There's obviously several that are here trying to win. There's a huge handful that are striving to be either podium, top five, top ten, or top half. And then there's definitely a group of who are saying, this is an incredible experience and maybe once in a lifetime opportunity for me. And I want to make the most of it, enjoy it, try to do the best I can. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy with wherever that, that places me. I don't remember what tennis match it was, but it was a few weeks ago and it was Nadal versus the joke, Novak Djokovic, Novak Djokovic. I, it wasn't Wimbledon. I think it was the French Open or something. It wasn't on grass. But anyway, and it was, and I didn't. I haven't watched a lot of tennis in my life. Actually, none. That was, and I was watching that match. And then afterwards, I went to Avi's tennis coach, who told me to to um, Adam to tell me to watch it. And I said, "Hey, dude, those guys do not look like they're fucking having fun. They look like they're miserable." 
And he said, dude, it's a fight. Do fighters look happy? And, and in that respect, that like, I get it. Like there's fighters you see in the flow. There's athletes you see in the flow, but how many times do you see them happy? I mean, as soon as I think of basketball, when I picture Kobe Bryant, I, he has a scowl on his face at all times. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, Brian. Like, I don't, I don't think it's a time. I don't, I don't know what the emotion is, but I don't think it's a time to be happy. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you transcend emotion. Number 30. Wait, how many women are there? 39. One woman from Russia unable to make the trip. What the fuck is up with Russia? Why can't we bring them here? That's a great question. I don't have the answer, unfortunately. So lame. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it government shit? The most it, okay. Roman Krennikov is a unique situation. All the other situations, I believe, it's just inability to procure the required visa in the time frame that that they had to do so. Wow, we're already talking smart in this show. Procure. Um, when you're chewing your food, um, Hobart, don't lean that close into the camera. Too, I felt really bad. By the way, I think I saw a hair on your face. I I never thought you could grow hair, but when you leaned in, I thought I actually saw some proof of uh, being over the age of 16. It's just bad internet. Let's roll. Here we go. 39. Thank you. Um, 39 is the one and only qualifier from the continent of Africa. Her name is Michelle Bazinet. She actually lives in the United States, and um, she does have a little bit of competition experience. Uh, I don't know too much about her, um, but she's uh, she was at Fittis in Cape Town, and she was at one other. Oh, that was a one, and she was at Filthy One Fifty. Um, she's, I, I think she's decent and a good representative of the African continent and where their level of competition is at right now. I'm not sure she deserves the bottom spot here, but um, I I need to see her compete against a field that isn't uh, just a, just the women from Africa. So. You know, what's funny is uh, you can tell the people who watched the first show have now had a few drinks. Ron Sutton just said, can Travis Mayer make the women's top 10? Um, <laughs> um, uh, it, how tall is she? This picture makes her look like she's a giant. Oh, let's pull up her stats. Michelle is 5'5", 145. So basically a optimal size for a female competitor at the games, historically speaking. And uh, how, how old? 24. Oh, she's young. Okay. And is this her first games? Yes. And um, don't we have her lined up to do a podcast in the next 48 hours? I recognize that. We're, we're trying to make that happen. Yeah, she seems very uh, willing to do that despite uh, being very close to the games. Yeah. Uh, Michelle, disregard. I will be extremely nice to you. Disregard Brian's placement of you in the rankings. Number 38. <laughs> no, oh, you're going to. You, you got her pronunciation down. I'll let you handle this one. Okay. Good with names. Number 38 is... By the way, Hobart and I have never seen this list before. That's why I can't say it until I see the card at the same time you guys see it. So... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Miss Choi. I totally know her. That's right. Sung Young Choi. Sung Young Choi. Sung Young Choi. From the Republic of Korea, uh, maybe better known as South Korea. And she's the only representative from Asia because uh, the Russian woman was unable to travel here. She's been training in Northern California for a couple of weeks now. She looks very good. She looks like she can move very well. She seems to be 
testing a lot of the things that she's putting a lot of stuff out on Instagram. Um, I kind of got lucky to come across her Instagram actually, because it has nothing to do with her name. It's a really strange, it's like jaws underscore J E J U or something like that. And, uh, anyway, I think she's got the capacity to, to compete at the games and, and do okay here, but no, no, know very little about her and, uh, you know, looking forward to learning more. What's her Instagram again? I'm going to follow her. Jaws, J-A-W-S underscore J-E-J-U. I think Jeju is a um, a city or it's a part of South Korea. Oh, got it. Or J-A-W-S like underscore J-E-J-U. Yep, got her. I wonder if she was um, – she, someone said she was in Northern California. I wonder – or Brian said that. I wonder if she was training with Carolyn Prevo at all because I think she was in Northern California too. Do you know where she was training, Brian? I think it was NC Fit actually. I'm not oh, certain shit. of that, but it uh, something I seem to remember seeing that in one of her the backgrounds or something. She chose a good. Oh, I'm, I need to like this video. I'm going to be the fifth like of this video. Okay, number thirty-seven. Oh, thirty-seven. I got one sec. One sec. Oh, Al, can you hear me better? Oh, While well, Brian goes and gets his room service. I, I don't know if I. I don't know how to turn my mic up. I, it looks like it's full blast from the board I'm looking at, but now like my lips are touching the microphone. That sounds better though, right now. It does. Yeah. I should just always do the whole show like this. <laughs> it's funny because when you talk, it moves. <laughs> Glad there's no side profile. Number 37, Bailey Rail. Hey, do you think Brian's a good tipper? What do you think he's going to tip the... Uh, I, was, I was actually trying to listen in. Nice. Hey, thanks for giving us a call. Thanks for staying with us. All right. Thank you. He didn't tip. I don't think he tipped. Uh, he wrote something on the on the card. I'm gonna say he tipped ten percent. Brian, how so, much did you tip? How much did you tip? He's a very math driven guy, so I'm sure it's particular. Like I'm gonna twenty three point eight percent. Wow, serious? Yeah, told wow. you. Wow, it's impressive. You're a good dude. Um, so uh, ba- Bailey Bailey Rail. Bailey Rail has, in, in my as far as I know, she has never in her life competed in individual live competition. She's a team athlete by trade. She's made the choice to do this uh, this online version of the Atlas Games this year. I apologize for those noises. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, in my mind, she's largely unproven in this capacity. And so, you know, she's here towards the bottom of the list. Question. You have, can you say that about anyone else? Anyone else who's in the games this year who's never been in a live competition? As an individual, no. It's, okay. She's a mayhem oh. athlete, though, right? <laughs> she is. And she's been training over there with uh, that whole contingency. She's actually a boyfriend, a girlfriend of Tyler Christoffel, who's the guy who's petitioned to be able to take Roman's spot after fa- finishing third in the last chance qualifier. But um, yeah, so she's definitely got a good training crew around her. From the athletes that I've spoken to who know her from competition, they were pretty surprised that she was able to make it as an individual. So maybe she has the potential to surprise us at the games, but. You know, when I have to make this list one through thirty-nine, and I got to put people at the bottom, I'm going to put the people down there that I haven't seen do it yet, and she's in that category. When you say petition, is that just like you're trying to sound fancy? What you really mean is this guy found out Roman's not going to the game, so he DM Dave, "Yo, hook a brother up." Mm-mm. They wrote a pretty formal letter, um, making their case. Wow, this is isn't it amazing? This is this is how oh, this is the best show in the CrossFit ecosystem and the, the main, the main brain of it has his mouth shoved full of food because that's what you guys have to deal with. Cause that's how fucking 
podunk the media is around the game. Sorry, just my two cents. Okay, do I just need a couple. I just need a couple Enough. bites. Sorry. All right, it's fine. He's yeah, back no, now. No, everyone should respect that. Face. You have to fuel. They, if they want to get the information out of that giant brain of yours, they have to watch, also watch you fuel up. Sometimes you got to fucking pull the Ferrari into the gas station and get gas. It ain't pretty. Yep. All right. Uh, number 36. Number 36 is going to be Caroline Connors. Caroline Connors uh, is a regional athlete from uh, Northeast region. We got to see her there in 2018. Um, she's a misfit athlete. She qualified fifth from the Granite Games this year. And she's, it was kind of, a, uh, her coach actually said that they took a barbell out of her hand for an entire year leading into the season because she was so much stronger than she was good at the aerobic stuff. And so they really worked on the engine and building that up. And obviously it's paid off for her. She's made it to the games for the first time. Um, you're going to see a pattern here that in the women's field, the rookies are pretty much all towards the bottom. I still think that experience is going to reign for a majority of the, of the women. Uh, so she's a rookie at the games, first year, great. Uh, accomplishment to make it. What, what's what's so funny, James? Sorry, I, know, I shouldn't have laughed. Great. I broke character. It's you're great. in a good vibe, and the, so the barbell comment. Oh, gee, yeah, there's it. just the comments are great. Go ahead, Brian. It's a compliment towards you. Go ahead, finish finish that thought. And by the way, I like it how you're saying um, you, uh, uh, Hobart kicked you in the, in the balls for not mentioning she was a mayhem athlete, and now you made sure to mention she was a misfit athlete. Good adjustment, Brian. And also, I call it hyperbole slash lie to say she hasn't had a barbell in her hand for a year okay go on so what go on about carolyn connors um she's a good gymnast for sure she's a strong athlete she's capable uh i think that she's uh, earned the right to be here at the games but there's a difference between earning the right to be here and being able to like you know compete with some of the best women around the world we'll talk about the granite games women's field a little bit uh, later on, and and how I also think that it was the weakest of the fields for the North American semifinals on the women's side, with a little asterisk next to that one. So we'll come back to that. Um, someone said, Brian, you're so good. We could you could spit camera on the food, uh, and then spit food on the camera. And they That's would a watch great compliment. It. And then, and then someone what? said, you look even cuter when you're eating. I couldn't. I'm sorry, I broke character. That's me being unprofessional. <laughs> I couldn't help it, man. It's too good. And Dwayne, the only the only masters uh, you're going to get is the fact that we've uh, carved out a spot for Hobart as a regular on the show, even though he refuses to use his brand new microphone and headphones that he bought. I just didn't bring it to Madison. I'm sorry. <clears throat> okay, number thirty five. Number thirty five is going to be Laura Clifton. She's from New Zealand. She qualified from the Oceania region, and in all transparency here, um, that that Oceania region was was weaker than usual this year because Tia was unable to travel there. Jamie Simmons is injured this year and not competing. But Laura Clifton is not technically a rookie at the Games. She did compete in the online version of the CrossFit Games last year. She placed 26th out of 30. She was second at the Torian Pro. She does have some comp- competitive experience dating back to sanctionals. Um, five, five of them, actually. Three of them were in Australia, though, and she did pretty well at two of those. Um She's got some, she'll have some decent performances, but I think overall she's just, uh, you know, still has a little bit, a little bit of growing to do to be really competitive at the games. She's 26, so she does have some potential in the years to come. But I think, uh, yeah, Laura Clifton. You know, you could draw, you could draw a parallel here. Like you could pick, like, I don't know, this is going to go back maybe a little bit far, but you could pick a team like the Detroit Lions back when um, Barry Sanders was on the team, right? He's a running back. You guys remember him? 
anyway, you have this, you have a team that's just complete ass, but you have the world's possibly, you know, greatest running back of all time. And, and you know, and, and he was just on an ass team and then he retired in his prime also, I think. And so it's, this is in, in kind of not in defense of what Brian's saying. He doesn't need any defense, but all, and, and kind of adds to what Hobart said in the previous show, all 40 of these people are fucking amazing. But there are going to be relative to the pack some outliers down on the bottom. And and so so don't take it as, as Brian's being like overly harsh. It's all relative to the fact when he's talking about Laura Clifton or the Oceana um, semifinals or, or whatever the fuck they're called over there. It's relative to the fact that there's also a number one on this list that is like also an outlier. So there's so anyway, bear bear with us. Keep everything in context. And, and the comments have been great. No one's completely lost their mind yet. Okay, number 34. So <clears throat> number 34 is actually a woman who won a semifinal. Uh, she won the Granite Games. It's Ariel Lowen. And very. this was a very difficult one for me because she – it was not – as far as I know, she wasn't on anyone's radar to make it to the Games, including her own. In her post-win competition win interview, she said – I decided to do the Granite Games because I wanted the name placard for my our new home that we're moving into. And then she showed wow. up and won the competition. That was this year? That was this year. Um, they Who were, took second place? Did she beat any names? Mallory O'Brien, Emma Carey, Alessandra Pacelli, Caroline oh. Connors, Christy Aramo O'Connell. Oh, my God. And you got her at 34. And does that say something about the Granite Games programming? I know we've kind of beat this horse into the ground, but. I just think that that weekend was uh, amazing for her. Everything lined up and she did great. And I feel like she, you know, almost like out kicking your coverage there, even by her own standards, it sounds like. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, maybe she'll do exceptionally here relative to what I think. But yeah, I mean, I got her at 34. I'd, I would be surprised if she makes it um, through the cuts, but I was surprised by her at semifinal, so I'm not ruling it out. Um, someone wrote something interesting here. Most of the open was Masters. Is that true? I, I saw that come through. I would like to actually see that fact check because I, I don't think it's the case. But Is he saying I, a majority of the open registrants was Masters? Yeah. That's I could true. see it's true because 35 is Masters now, right? Oh. Or is it? Yeah, and Morning Chalk Up tr tracks that stat very carefully, and we are very conscious of, I might say we there, of Morning Chalk Up, of, <clears throat> of the Masters and, and what's going on in the competitive landscape there. I'm a huge proponent of that, and there's this is the kind of the weird thing about the Masters, where there's a, a huge contingency of participation, but when we publish stuff about the Masters, it doesn't receive the same number of views, comments, interactions, opens from the email list and whatever else, as a lot of the other stuff does. And we track that too. And it's not that we want to discount that, but there's a couple people or a group of people in the master's community that's very vocal about, hey, we need more coverage. But the vast number of people who sign up for that don't back that up in the support they show when we do put those things out there. Nevertheless, we put out our uh, master's to watch in every single division this year on the morning chalk up at the uh, end of last week. And I reviewed every one of those documents and gave my opinions and weighed in. I talked to several Masters athletes today. I love the Masters competition. I'm very happy that it's earlier in the week so more people get a chance to watch it. Um, but those, it's like we are tracking that stuff and we are paying attention. And it's it's not meant as a disrespect. It's just like when you got to put out content, you're going to, you have to pay attention to what people are actually digesting. 
And just so you know, uh, whoever that is, I don't even know what their name is, has numbers in it. I'm not a fan of handles with names in them. But the the it's it, it's not that I don't care. I mean, look at how much I bash Brian. Half the show is me talking shit to him. So just put that in context of what I think about Masters and how much I talk shit about him. All righty. Number... So 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 you have her at thirty four, even though she won the Granite Games. So she's a wild card. Definitely What's wild card. What's the highest you would see her go? Twenty four. Wow, that's huge. All right, number thirty three. Remember that I said twenty four when we get to number twenty five. By the way, uh, okay. thirty three. Hey, 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 and when you do these rankings, how give us an idea of how they come? So when you first see this chick's name, uh, number thirty four, um, Ariel Lowen. Do you put her like do you do you have her like in a pile of like between twenty and forty? Like do you separate these like how how do you categorize them before you start breaking them down and giving them individual numbers? Do you have them in piles? I have a color coded system that I use and it's basically the reverse order of the rainbow. So on my on my sheet here it has the favorite in purple. It has who I consider to be podium contenders in blue, top ten contenders in green, top twenty contenders in yellow, and then it's like and the next group in orange, a last another group in light red, and a final group in dark red, and it basically just means so I group them, and then within that group, um, I I try to sort out okay amongst these six women that are in orange, what do I think is most likely to happen? Then as the as events are released and I learn more about the nature of the competition, like the cuts, then I make adjustments from there. Do you ever do you ever make the piles? And then, like, go take a shit or get a bite to eat or go do a workout and come back and then be like, yo, bitch, how the fuck did you get in here? And, like, like, can't even imagine that you put this chick in, like, one pile when she deserves to be in another pile. Yeah, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night sweating because I feel like I fucked it up. Serious? No. Oh. But I do make make some changes sometimes, yes. Number 33, Sasha Nevis. Nevis, I think. Um, She's from Argentina. Young woman. Uh, and very uh, has potential to do very well. She had a um, an open win uh, in the clean and jerk event two years ago that was kind of mind boggling because I think she only beat Sarah Sigmund's daughter by a few seconds. But third place in that in that workout was Tia Claire Toomey, and she was like seventy seconds ahead of her. That was the worldwide open. She beat everyone in the world except Sarah Sigmund's daughter by over a minute, and third place was Tia Claire Toomey. And you're talking about being first ahead of those two women, that's pretty cool. So she's definitely got some potential in some um, in some categories for sure. Again, though, we're, we might be looking at a person who is very good at weightlifting that's not going to get to ultimately do the weightlifting test when it comes on event number 12. Uh, wait, um, what was the workout? What was that workout, did you say? It was an increasing weight, clean and jerk ladder with some box jumps and pistols, I think. Man, yeah, that's crazy that she beat Sarah and Tia. Her time was and a, her and time beat else. some of the men. Yeah. Like a lot of the men, right? Didn't the women Yeah, yeah, well, it, it, yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah. Anyway, um similarly with the cuz the next one up, we can go to 32 and just kind of talk about them here together. The the I have just like with the men, I have the South American women ranked near the bottom here in the bottom quarter of the field, kind of back to back. I just feel like all of these the guy, people from South America are still kind of forging their way into the, the real competitive ranks of the best in the world. And I'm not entirely sure if 
if Larissa Cunha, who's 32, is better than Sasha Nieves, just like I'm not certain if Augustine Raquel May is better than Guimajeros. So that's a good example of me kind of just like grouping a couple athletes there. I don't expect back the leaderboards out. I think they're going to be strange um, whenever the competition comes to an end. That wasn't very convincing of why Ariel Lewon, Lewen would be below uh, Larissa. I mean, dude, that, that win over Sarah and Tia should just like automatically put her at the top of the unknowns. Well, that's one event. And um, Lari Kuna beat her in both the quarterfinals and the semifinals. Lari's also put herself out there in some competitive uh, settings that um, that Sasha Nieves has not. She competed at both Dubai and Wadapalooza in the last year of sanctionals, and she had middle-of-the-pack finishes of 15th and 19th in those competitions. She was set to compete at the games, I think, and then the, with the way that COVID shook out, she ended up not being able to. So this this year will end up being her rookie year. Um, so, yeah, I think I just I know a little bit more about her because she's, you know, tra- made, made the commitment to be at some of the highest level competitions in the last uh, year and a half or so. Okay, you win. Number 31. <laughs> so a little bit of a shift here from away from some rookies. Now we're shifting towards a veteran of the CrossFit Games. I think that most will think she's got more experience than she actually does there. In uh, 2017 was her only year competing as an individual at the games. It's Jessica Griffith, but she did compete on a team that took second at the games in 2019. And so people will remember that. Um, <clears throat> she snuck in as a fifth place finisher at the mid Atlantic CrossFit challenge, which I kind of consider the fourth place finisher because Tia took this top spot. And then it was Haley, Brooke Adams, Amanda Barnhart, and then Jessica Griffith. So she's qualifying in one of the most top heavy fields we've ever we had this year for women obviously all four of those girls have multiple top 10 finishes at the games and uh that finished ahead of her and she beat out christine colenbrander and fee sagafi who are both athletes that i think could be in this games field and and have some influence christine's on the demo team actually met her today she's very very nice so it was a great performance by jess jess to get in um, I just think that once again, you know, there was, I think there was a drop off. Well, she actually tied Amanda Barnhart on points. So maybe I've got her underrated here, but based on her experience and performance at the games before, I think this is, like I said, a strong women's field. So I have her down here around 30, 31. I, I agree with your ranking. I don't think anyone, I disagree with the fact that people know her from the teams. I don't think anyone knows anyone from the teams. I think that the only reason people watch the teams is if their kids are competing or their spouses. And that the only fans that care about the teams are the ones who are curious if Mayhem's going to lose. They're just wondering if Mayhem's going to lose. That's the only thing I think the team's competition has for it. Other than that, it's basically like AAA in football. It's where you go to practice to be an individual athlete. And um, I think that her real claim to fame is is that she – two things, that she hangs out with a lot of superstars. Uh, she makes a lot of cameos on big profile um, athletes' Instagram accounts and that she was the fittest nurse in the world at one point, which is fucking cool. Those are my two cents on that. But, I, but I'm, I'm happy with her ranking. Hobart, Hobart, do you know who Beaker is from the Muppets? Hobart turned into Beaker for me for a minute. Like he, like he, his lips went down like into a frown, and I kind of saw like Beaker. <laughs> I got nothing number to number thirty. Number thirty is um, two times. This will be her second time at the CrossFit Games. She's uh, Amelia Lepinen, 
She's dating and has been dating for a long time, Yona Koski. She's a, um, she, she was a bit of a surprise to make it out of a very, very competitive European women's field. I've documented before that uh, based on competitive experience in, re- in recent years, the European women have performed well enough at the top level to be deserving of 13 spots at the game instead of 10. Those 10 spots are determined by their open participation, not by their elite competitive performance. I don't have a problem with that. I just like like to know that, like people to know that the women in Europe are very, very good. So to make it out of that field is quite an accomplishment. She's a little bit older. She's 34 years old. Um, but again, on the women's side, you can usually be a little bit better later in your career or later into your 30s at least. She's got two sanctional finishes, 8th in Riceland and 10th at Filthy 150. So she can do okay in some um, kind of like mid, what I would say like is a mid-level comp- sanctional competition there's not the highest level of competition there it's not the lowest and so i think you know the only other time she was there was 2019 she actually didn't do too bad at all she got cut cut in 22nd place so she has some potential to do better than this but very deep women's field she's a good swimmer so she might get off to a good start on this weekend um i think she's just going to struggle to have a lot of top 10 finishes or top 20 finishes besides that so probably be around uh, down here in the bottom 10 or so did you say she's dating Yanakoski? Yeah. I wonder if they share a bed at the games. I'm always fascinated with who's dating who and how they deal with that at the games. Have you ever, have, well, you, uh, Hobart, have you ever been with a, have you ever gone to the games and had a girlfriend or a wife or whatever you have there or boyfriend, whatever you do? <laughs> um, like who is a competitor? Who is a competitor? We've, we've never competed in the same year, no. Interesting. Because I, I would be curious, like, like, I mean, when I used to travel a lot for work, I, I would get my best sleep, just go diagonal in the bed. I didn't even know I was a diagonal sleeper. Brian, you, you sleep in a bed by yourself, right? <laughs> do, yep. you sleep di- do you sleep diagonal? Um, I'm a, well, I'm a thrasher, man. What size is your bed? At my house? Yeah. King? Damn, diagonal. Damn right it is. You, well, let me ask you this. Do you go in the middle? Do you start in the middle? Um, no, no. Okay. Uh, number twenty. We got to no. Moving. Like, go ahead, go ahead. We got time, Hobart. This is our no, show. I, what you want? I just like if I had a king bed by myself, I would get in the middle. I don't know why you'd sleep on a side. It makes no sense to me. Great question. I agree. The reason is because uh, phone or alarm or water or book or light are all I can reach them from one side of the bed. Oh, yeah, yeah. And someone else just said something great, too. Um, Georgiana Brain, you can get a room with two queens. Yeah, ideally, when I went to a hotel by myself, I would get, usually I got the fucking huge suite because I was a baller, but two queens is nice because then you can put all your clothes and shit on one bed, like your phone chargers and all that shit. I never slept well at the games. Oh. Um, number Number 29. Number 29 is going to be Charlie Turner. She's 23 years old, out of Australia, third at the Torium Pro. Uh, she has one sanctional experience of sixth place in the Australian CrossFit Championships. Definitely an up-and-comer in the sport. A fellow colleague of mine, Patrick Clark, pegged her as a young gun to watch this year. Kind of a fun fact, Tommy, Patrick, and I each picked one woman at the start of the season as a young gun to watch, and they all three made the games. So i got to give Patrick the credit where the credit is due there. Good, great pick. Excited to see her compete. Uh, I think this is going to be one of those athletes that it's a big learning experience for her. I think we'll definitely see her back in the future. Um, 
good athlete, good competitor, just, just a little bit young and raw in terms of experience. You know, you have people like Tia and Cara Saunders who are keeping like really Australia on the map. Is that fair to say? Um, in terms of CrossFit and, and you wonder what's going to happen if Tia fades out or Cara fades out. Is the, is there going to be an, is, where's the air going to come from? And well, the other kind of, I don't want to say problem, but caveat to that is as long as they're around, people like Ellie Turner aren't going to get the opportunities to compete. This year, she gets the opportunity because Tia wasn't there due to COVID and Jamie was injured. I mean, as soon as they announced, yeah. as soon as they announced that they were only getting three competitors before I knew that Tia wouldn't be there and Jamie was not going to be there, I was like, well, that's almost a, a worthless competition. Those three girls are going to show up and win and no qualify. So it's actually great for her this year, the way it played out that she gets this opportunity. So hopefully she makes the most of it. Oh, when you say Jamie, you're talking about Jamie Green, Jamie that that Jamie. Yeah. What is she now? She's Jamie Simmons. You're saying? Yeah, yeah. She married Elliot Simmons, also a former Games competitor. Yeah, I I agree with you. If if, uh, if Jamie and T were there, they they didn't have to do the event. You're right, and they could have just used that facility to lock down more Australians. Uh, number twenty eight. Um, twenty eight. Coming in here is going to be Reagan Huckabee. She's making her fourth, one, two, three, fourth individual appearance at the games. First since 2017. This is a great story. Obviously, uh, well, she's a mother. Um, she's, you know, I think uh, not someone people were thinking at the start of the season would be in this field. But she was really good all season long, um, with the exception of one uh, open workout. She did really, really, really poorly on the hand. What was it? The uh, wall walk event. But she ended up being seventh in North America in the semifinals and the quarterfinals, excuse me. And then she snuck into the fifth spot on the back of really an impressive weekend at the West Coast Classic. She didn't ever slip up. She didn't let the pressure get to her. She executed across the weekend. Um, she's awesome person. Uh, but I think, you know, <laughs> the field's really good. So she comes in here at 28. I was going to try to show some restraint, but fuck it. I think Reagan Huggabee might be the most beautiful uh, female athlete. I haven't put, put her up against any of the men, but uh, athlete competing. But but I'm a, I have a soft spot for moms. But man, she looks, she's glowing. She is glowing. So is she, she your them. first pick of five for best bodies in the field? I don't know if I can do the women. I'm too scared of the woke crowd. Okay, yeah, I'll do the women too. I won't, yep, we'll put her as Reagan Huckabee. She got a great. She she's beautiful all around. She is. Don't don't else. fear the don't fear the crowd, Savan. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I know. Why would I? Why would I? I'm behind the walls of the palatial three, bro, three plane brothers estate. There's really nothing that can happen to me. I'm, I have no Krypton. Uh, number 27. Kryptonite. Kryptonite. Thank 27. You. Thank you. I mean, you can go on camera. I swear it's all good. Tw fun? Yeah. 27 is uh, Mackenzie Riley. Mackenzie Riley uh, is another mother in the field this year. She's got some her own uh, best finish 18th in 2018. And she's got some like, she's like middle of the pack every year. 26, 18, and 23rd are three games appearances. And um, I'm excited to have her back in the competition. I don't think she was really planning on making it back to the games this year. But um, she's, she's able to do it about a year after giving birth. So pretty impressive accomplishment just to get to this point. Brian, when you say their placements for the games, will you say those just a little slower? Just because I want to write those down. 
Um, so she's been to three games. So she uh, was she in your ranking? Is this her third games? No, no. You said she's. You told us her placement of three games she's already had. So, be her fourth year. Correct. So she qualifies to be in the all-time rankings. She does, but with the finishes of 18th, 23rd, and 26th, it just doesn't hold up against us, uh, uh, the other people who ultimately made that list. Did she have her child in the um, – like did she go to the games, have a child, take a break, and come back to the games? That's exactly right. She was off. Man, that is savage. That is so. Who else has done that? Who else do we know have done that? No, it's uh, Annie, Kara, Saunders, Annie Thor's daughter, uh, Mackenzie right. Riley. Who else? Who else has done that? Well, Reagan Huckabee. Else? Reagan Huckabee. So crazy. Yeah, there's a bunch of moms in the field this year, and it's 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 really cool. Actually, I think it's a. I mean, I've known some women just in like boxes that I've coaching and stuff that see come back and are still very good. And I know other people, women that are afraid to do that. And so I think it's great that even at the top end of the sport, they can be a role model in that regard. Grow another human being inside of you. Birth it. Come back to the CrossFit Games to compete with the fittest women in the world. Nuts. Maybe they should have another. They have so many fucking awards at the Games. They should give an award for fittest, fittest baby grower. Number 26. No, Brian does not have a list of hottest CrossFitters. He doesn't. Brain doesn't work like that. That's me. Twenty-six is. Oh, Cindy McCallishan. Oh, so um, impressed! Holy cow, was I impressed by her? And if you want to know about her, you should go watch the interview we talked to her with because she's a really, really fun young woman coming up in this space. She's got incredible potential, just athletic gifts that it's very hard to to acquire unless you just just have them. She started started a couple years ago picked up she had some gymnastics background she's been really really good with the barbell winning the snatch event globally on uh workout four in the semifinals, getting 54 snatches in that competition um pretty well-rounded incredible work ethic she said that her coach won't give her a key to the gym because she'll sleep in the gym and uh she does have has had some weird injuries this past year um that she's been able to navigate them and get to this point I'm really excited that she's made it. She was my pick of the young guns for the women, and she's made it all the way through. So I'm happy for her and excited to see her compete this weekend. Hobart, you know I got a media credential, and I'm not using it. I wonder if I could pass it off to you after you're done whooping ass in the master's division. And uh, and uh, and you could go back there. Because you know what I'm really curious about, Sydney? She has something that's pretty damn crazy. Sorry, I'm texting at the same time podcast um she she is mentally so confident wouldn't you agree brian and i can't tell if it's just from lack of um she, she hasn't had a beat down yet or mm-hmm. la- i don't know where this confidence comes from i don't know like and, and i'm so curious what's going to happen to it when it gets tested she is crazy confident this is going to be nuts to say, but normally I think that the men in general are the most are more confident than the women and have their head on straighter. This this chick has her head on straight, man. She she is singularly focused, and I would be so curious if uh, 
if like, you know, maybe you could like, if she loses an event really bad, you could just FaceTime her really quick with me. Could you do that? Hobert? like be there at the finish line as she's like crying and like FaceTime her. Yeah. Overnight me that pass. Let's, let's, let's do it. All right. Let me, let me carry the behind this, the the scenes mantle. If you are a competitor, (laughs) do not watch the interview we did with Sydney. You will not um, like how easygoing and yet fierce she is. And if you're a young aspiring athlete of it, either sex you should watch that podcast i know it's a little self-serving to say that but she is a um there's a lot of stuff to take away from her demeanor and her and her attitude number 25 oh sorry go ahead brian i want to let you guys react to this one before i talk about it oh because you said yeah 25 was the number that you wanted us to remember when we talked oh man who is it mine hasn't updated Jesus criminy. What's wrong with Brian? Do you do that just so we don't think you're perfect? Samuel? No, not Samuel. Samantha <laughs> Briggs. Just like saying somewhere. Samantha Briggs, number 25. You're Even writing with her the off events she's announced old? so far? What? Even with the events announced so far, huh? Yeah. That's fair. Really? I mean, I just, I, I want to defer to Brian. I, I'm so massively impressed by Sam Briggs, but. So am I. And to make it just to make it to the games at 39 years old, she's, she's set, set, set a record by doing that. Um, it's kind of in the same realm of a Jason Smith. I, I know, I mean, obviously her, her career accolades are much greater than his, but we're experimenting here still in the young stages of this sport to see what is the top end of potential in terms of age to be relevant at the games. Making it is is an incredible feat in and of itself, but there are so many good women in this field. She definitely she's definitely not I don't think she's 100% health-wise. She has a couple of things that are going to hold her back relative to the rest of the competition here. Um in her case, the fact that the one rep max snatch doesn't come until after the cuts is a good thing. She doesn't want that event early on. She wants to be able to navigate everything else. Um, but there's, you know, there's, this woman's field is crazy, crazy, crazy talented. I'm a huge Cindy McAlishan fan. I couldn't put her any higher than this. I'm a huge Sam Briggs fan, and I couldn't put her any higher than this. Is Sam going to win an event? <sighs> I don't think so this year. Uh, someone just wrote that she could still win an event. You know what's interesting, Brian? There's two comments on YouTube that are, I think, that really sum up my feeling too. I think I'm totally on board with them from uh, Michelle and Anna. Basically, they say, Brian, I hope you're wrong. And I think that that's what it is because we all know from watching her how good she is. And it's just hard to imagine her at 25. Yeah. Remember? And I mean, I, well, I would just, just quickly say, you know, and, and I know that he wasn't 100% these years but you remember josh bridges in his last two years competing and he was in the bottom heat of the games and it didn't detract from the way that people loved him and it didn't detract from the way that people wanted him to do well and he did have a couple events but it's going to happen to everyone at some point where they're not going to be able to replicate the performances when they were at the top of their career um, are you saying that sam briggs is the oldest female ever to qualify for the crossfit games in the modern era oldest athlete oldest athlete yeah i believe yeah Okay. Uh, number 24. 24, another veteran athlete, uh, one of the uh, uh, oldest women in the field also here. Um, tremendous experience, tremendous you know, uh, career, eighth time competing at the Games. She was as high as 
what year was that? Fourth in 2013, Alessandro Pacelli. Um, and it's kind of, it's honestly, it's kind of a similar story to this, to Sam Briggs. It's like, it's amazing that she made it here. It's fun to watch. She's very good at a lot of different things. I just think it's a tough field to crack the top 20 in even. And so I have, you know, here a few spots out. What's the highest you think Alessandra could finish? 18th, maybe something like that. She's more well-rounded than Sam, right? At this point in her career, I'd say slightly, like one spot on my rankings. Okay. Number 23. 23. Oh, 23. You know, I was really trying to find a spot for her in the top 20, actually. She has a, a pretty impressive resume at the games relative to what I think most people know about her. This is her sixth time competing at the games. And the real problem for her is she's just outshined by the other Icelandic women. Her, her, she's Turi Helga daughter. She was uh, 35th and 28th her first two years, but the last three years she competed, she was 19th, 18th. You're not writing them down. I'm listening. Oh, well, you, you, okay. Okay. I'll and then she was. <laughs> she was ninth in 2019, so she made it into the final cut that year, but finished but towards the back count of 2019 and 2020. You just shit on those years. <clears throat> yeah, like a ninth place in 2019 for Brian is like a. 23rd most other years wow you did that math in your head quick hobart well here's the thing ninth place was actually last out of the top 10 that year because anna fragco popped for steroids so she doesn't count and if you look at the women that were cut in 11th through 20th it's like annie thor's daughter laura horvath carolyn prevo brooke wells sarah sigmund's daughter and i am convinced that if those women were given the opportunity to finish out the test that they all would have beaten turi come the end of the weekend Damn. Okay. Uh, so she she doesn't make it to uh, day day number four. Not I mean, not if these rankings are are accurate. Correct. Okay. Uh, n- number twenty two. So we got a bit of a, a European run here. We had Sam, we had Turi, and now we have Jacqueline Dahlstrom. Um, Jacqueline Dahlstrom is is out of Norway. And they're, uh, along with Kristen Holta, representing Norway here at the Games this year. It's her second year at the Games. 2019 was her first. She finished 45th that year. She was second in the German throwdown to Kristen this year. Uh, fourth in Europe in the quarterfinal. 35th worldwide in the Open. She competed at uh, three sanctionals, and she actually won two of them. She won the French throwdown and the Reykjavik uh, sanctional. She was fourth in Norway the year that they had a competition there. So she's got a decent amount of... Um, of competitive experience. I actually trained with her earlier this week for a day. And so I got to see the things that she's amazing at, which is basically body weight gymnastics movement. She's world-class in it, but the, the heavier, uh, longer stuff is going to slow her down a little bit. And I think that there's enough of that. Um, that's going to keep her out of the top 20. Ryan, that's a great picture by the way of her. Um, and what do you mean you were training with her and does that affect your, does that make you biased? I know. I do a actually, podcast with Hobart, and I still, I still don't let it bias me when I'm choosing to see if he's going to win the games this year in the 35 to 39 category. You're picking him either way. Yeah, exactly. Wow, you guys are being really sweet tonight. Uh, no, I went up and, and spent a day training with her and Gabriella Magawa and Christoph Horvath, um, and we did a podcast with Gabby. And uh, so you'll know Christoph is the Hungarian bear, right, Zevon? You remember that? Yep. 
So they invited me up to train with him for a day, and I asked my boss, and he said, yeah, you got to take that opportunity. You don't get that too often. So, um, And I, they actually asked me about the rankings in general, and I said to, to Jack, and I said, look, I met you here, and you're very nice, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go home and move you up five spots on the rankings. <laughs> you know, that's not, a, that's not a factor that <laughs> I'm considering. like a professional. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't care if your sweat drift on me. You don't move up in the rankings. Hobart, do these do these foreigners have um, non-English speakers as their native language? Is there a disadvantage they could have on the field of play by not being able to communicate with the judges perfectly? Or is it is the is the language spoken with the judges so rudimentary it doesn't matter? Um, I think it could give them a disadvantage, but I think it's it's what you said, the it's so rudimentary it doesn't really matter. It's just like no rep. Or seven. Yeah. Eight. Okay. Yeah. And there's and hand think, gestures for I, all that honestly, stuff too, right? I, I think they probably all speak English very well. Uh, not if you're trying to do a podcast with them. Um, number <laughs> 21. <laughs> number 21. This is the, some people have called this CrossFit Games for her the Fuck You Tour. It's Emma Tall. Most people That's an are familiar. Incredible picture. That's an incredible. Most picture. people are familiar with the kind of uh, journey she's had this year in terms of being announced as qualifying for the games, then being having that taken away from her, having to decide if she wants to do the last chance qualifier, dominating the last chance qualifier, and ultimately earning her spot and finding her way over here to compete this week at the games. Um, I think she is definitely a games caliber athlete. I think she definitely has the potential to, to work her way into the top 20. I also do think that she still has a couple things that could potentially keep her out. And when I, when I settle down a spot for her, I have her here right, right on the border at 21. So she doesn't make it to day four either. <clears throat> Honestly, this is a really tough one for me. Like I looked at all her, her competitive experience, um, Seventh in the quarterfinals, ninth at Dubai, eighth at strength and depth, fifth, fifth at the French throwdown. But some of those are, I would consider the ninth at Dubai a better finish than the fifth at the French throwdown. Dahlstrom won. I have him ahead of Jack, but it's like, you know, talking about fifth in a competition where none of the top 20 women in the world were at it, in my opinion. And so ninth at a competition where four or five of the top 20 women in the world, maybe, yeah, we're at it then. Um, is a little bit better. So she has the potential to compete and hang with some of the best, but most of the are here this year. We're missing Sarah Sigmund's daughter and Jamie Simmons, but we'll we'll get into the top twenty here in a second, and and then we'll we'll go from there. Hobart, when is your registration for your uh, for the Masters event? Uh, Masters had already happened. Uh, Masters, all age group or all ages and adaptive, I believe, happened Saturday and Sunday. I think tomorrow is teens, maybe. And then um, teams, and then individuals. Okay. And have you have you taken a COVID test yet? Uh, I didn't have to. Doesn't ever all the athletes don't have to take a some sort of virus no, test? Not if you're vaccinated. Wow. Okay. Well, that's interesting, um, and, and that's probably good timing too, since the CDC released that that they're having trouble telling the difference with the PCR test between influenza and COVID. They just released that. I don't know if you saw that in the last. Forty-eight <laughs> hours, but um, I, I wonder. So, if you're a vaccinated athlete, you don't have to take the test. You had to show proof of vaccination. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so I wonder if it's like that in the Olympics because I keep wondering if someone's going to pop positive 
make the journey out there. And I always um, wonder if it happens to someone like Emma Tall or, you, you, you know, like, like what if it happened to Velner or Tia? I mean, that would be, that would be nuts. Absolutely nuts. Okay. Number 20. Uh, number 20 is <clears throat> another woman who's got one year of experience at the games, 2019. That group of athletes that I just listed, I didn't include her in it. Emily Rolf. She was 18th in 2019. She was a winner of the Granite Games in 2019. She was sixth at Dubai in 2020. That's a good, that's a good finish. And 10th at Wadapalooza that same year, which, um, qualified her to the, it doesn't seem right. I think it would have qualified her to the games, but then because of COVID, it was, they had to backfill someone else. So she didn't, she had an invitation and got taken away from her. Um, otherwise this would be her, but nevertheless, she's, uh, older 32 but she's pretty well did um good she's won an event at the game she won the ruck run so she can go long a little bit she can handle it she's pretty tough she can handle like some odd object get dirty kind of workouts um decent swimmer so i think the weekend starts out pretty good for her and i think she'll be good enough to hang on and, and get into the top 20 there's a little bit of buzz around her why is that so many people have dm me saying we need to get her on the podcast um, well, the guy, Nate Edwardson, who does this stuff with Vellner, he also films a lot with her. So maybe she's just a little bit more in the public okay. eye and then the YouTube channels than some of the other, especially Canadian athletes. Okay. I was wondering why he moved away from Vellner. Now it all makes sense. Number 19. Number 19. So we're going back to Europe here. Um, this is a woman who's been on the rise in the sport for a while. She's 31 years old, so she's not exactly... Um, young, but she does seem a little bit newer to the competition uh, scene, at least at this level. She was 20th in 2019, same in that group of women that I listed before, 20, 19th in 2020 in the virtual competition. She does have some top 10 open finishes in her career. She was 6th this year in the open, 5th in Europe in the quarterfinals, and 1st winner of the Lowland semifinal event. So online, she's phenomenal. She's very, very good at like <clears throat> body weight movements, gymnastics, barbell cycling, burpees, double unders, rowing wall balls, those types of things. She can go long a little bit, um, but I think that at the games, she's the middle of the pack. Um, oh, did, I don't even know if I said her name. It's Emma McQuaid. And, uh, you know, she has actually been getting, no one has really been talking about her at all. And I think that just with the the overall depth of the women's field, that's an easy thing to happen as have these middle of the pack athletes just kind of get lost in the shuffle. It's not taking anything away from it. It's just like they're not quite good enough to break down the doors into the top 10, top 15. Yeah, you nailed it. I've seen her name a million times and I couldn't pick her out of a crowd, but definitely I know her name. Number 18. <clears throat> Number 18. This is going to be her fifth year at the games. She earned, along with Emma Tall, she earned her way through the last chance qualifier. And I think in this case, of, or really in both of their cases, the last chance qualifier is doing what it's meant to do. These are two women that I think enough to make it through the semifinal and circumstances kind of kept them out for whatever they were. In her four appearances at the games, her worst career event finish is 13th. And I've, I have her ranked 18th in this field. And that's what I'm talking about with how good this field is. She's 32 years so old. She's been to four games for a total of, let's just make it easy. Let's say there's 12 events at every games or 13. That's 52 events. You're saying in her 52 CrossFit appearances, muscle manals, she's never finished worse than 13th. 
Her to- her finishes at the games have been eighth, thirteenth, ninth, and ninth. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So her overall, okay, still still crazy impressive, still crazy impressive, and and a bit of a fan favorite, right? A little bit of a CrossFit darling. Christy Aramo O'Connell. I think I keep forgetting to say their name for some reason. I think I'm used people to like the little athletes because they got the David and Goliath thing going. Yeah, and um, you know she was second to Tia at Mayhem. She was ninth at Rogue the year she competed there. She was fourth in the Open this year, tenth in North America. Um, got through the last chance qualifier. She's phenomenal. She's very good. She can have some top three finishes for sure. She'll do good in the swim. She'll do run- good in the running toes to bar event if she gets to it. She's good on her hands. So she'll have some good performances. But I think uh, it's going to be a tough year for her to replicate that finish because there's still a lot of good athletes that I consider just a little better than her. And there's some also younger athletes that I think are going to bump her down a little bit. Well, um, who's bigger, her or Emma McQu- McQuaid? Sorry, Hobart. That's okay. Christy, 5'2", 132. Emma McQuaid, 5'5", 140. I mean, that's what they're listed at. at so least. they're the same size, basically. Emma's a little bit taller, but, she, but they're, a little they're, leaner. Both, they're both for CrossFit athletes. Later. That's interesting because uh, you said Emma took sixth in the Open and Christy took fourth. Yep. And they're ranked pretty low. Okay, I mean, relatively. What well, are you going to say, Hobart, about Miss No, I was going to say, I was just going to say just that. I think that I see all these questions popping up about like, oh, why is she so low compared to her last finishes? I just think that speaks to the depth of the field, like the rest of the field from 18th to first and the women's side. And it's probably, you're going to see a lot um, tighter finishes, like five seconds is going to be a whole bunch of spots. Word. Number 17. Wait, wait, I got to get my helmet. 17. Uh-oh. Whoa, let me see. So is tra- Oh, I know who it is. Carolyn Prevo. That's right. I'm happy. I'm happy. You're happy? Yeah, I'm happy. Top 20. She gets to play. She gets to play the whole the whole the whole the whole week. Yeah, I mean, we talked to her and she has this a, a really kind of weird weakness in double unders and it's actually I think it's a, you know, it's bad to have that weakness in a big field like uh, the Open or the quarterfinals because so many people are good at them. But at the games, if that's a, it's a very specific skill. It doesn't mean that you're not strong enough. It doesn't mean that you're not good at gymnastics or that you can't go long or short or whatever. It just means you don't have that one skill at the proficiency level of the best in the world. But double owners are going to show up at most once in the competition, and so fine. Besides that, she's going to be pretty consistent. She can do a lot of different things. She's incredibly athletic, and we know that that plays at the games more than anywhere else in the season. So I do like her chances to get into the top 20. She is a performer too, man, when the, she knows how to compete. I didn't know she um, – like her, her personal stats are out of this world that she's like represents Canadian national teams, taekwondo, hockey. She's a math, science, physical education teacher. Like what a badass – Oh, her Instagram's crazy. She's a fourth-degree uh, black belt in Taekwondo, and uh, the, her training videos are pretty nuts. That's so cool. Okay, number 16. We're getting into the realm here where this is hard because this is Amanda Barnhart. Her career CrossFit game finishes are 15th, 7th, and 7th. And, so, and she's, I would say, in the prime of her career, 29 years old. She's training with the comp train crew. She moved there this year. Everything seems to be going well there. But to me, she was underwhelming at the semifinals. And I have to look at those seventh and seventh. And what I mean by that is Tia was obviously dominant. 
but Haley Adams was the next most dominant, and Brooke Wells is the next most dominant, and Amanda Barnhart tied on points, who we know had previous individual games qualified. So someone who's got two back seventh place, barely sneaking in into a, in a semifinal, raises a little bit of a question mark or a red flag. James, James will happily point out that I discount some of those finishes from that year. I'm not saying that Amanda is not a great athlete. And she ha- and I think that she actually had potential to do better in both of those years. She was on a bad ankle in 2019. Otherwise, maybe she p- finishes fifth or something like that. And then she was uh, four points out of making it into the final five last year. She's kind of like, not to the same degree because she didn't get the exposure in the top five, but kind of like an Adler, I'll just say that I don't know if that seventh place the last two years is representative of her true capacity and a full breadth and depth of test that the CrossFit Games traditionally is. I could be wrong about this one, but um, I, you know, this is where she ends up on my list, and I'm pretty curious to see how accurate I am on, on her. How tall is she? Listed at five seven one sixty, but she has like the physical presence. It seems like she's bigger than most of the girls. Yeah, taller. Taller, yeah. She, yeah, she she her physique is absolutely nuts. Um, is she making Hobart, your list? What, uh, Hobart, what do I have to do to get those traps? Does she do a lot of shrugs? She does a lot of like. You just gotta be. You gotta work out more, man. <laughs> right. You gotta. You gotta. You, gotta hit, you know. You mean I can't do Cindy five days a week? <laughs> no. Man. Start start holding a seventy pound dumbbell between your legs and um, when- do Cindy. When you look at her body, it just screams hard work. What what a fucking incredible specimen. God. Also, can we also can mention that because we talked about it with Chandler and Cole, the Chandler Smith and Cole Sager. I was on hoping the men's you were going to bring this up. That she does train with that comp train crew, and historically, Bergeron's athletes peak for the games. Now maybe they were just risking it under for the Mid Atlantic, and that's why she didn't have the performance that maybe we were expecting her to have. And she snuck through, and that's fine. And they got to the games, and maybe she shows up, and she's better than like a lot better than she was there. Even if that's the case, these women, like from here on out, like James was saying, it's a really competitive uh, women's field. You said she's been to the games three times: fifteenth, seventh, and seventh. Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I don't know. I moved on to the next athlete already on my spreadsheet. Wait, was she was she in the top um, forty of all time? We did top thirty five. I don't I don't think so. Okay. I'll say well, this we'll too. Be redoing so, that again. Go ahead, Hobart. No, more so than any pick you've made. This pick has made the received the most comments as far as why people don't think you're right and their surprises at it. But still very respectful. This is like the nicest YouTube's yes. ever been. No, yeah, yeah. I'm not knocking anybody, but like a lot of people are like, What? Not top ten? I'm just I'm shocked. Okay, number I'm, fifteen. Yeah, and I'm not surprised to hear that either. I mean it was at this point, these next like se- several picks, I, all of these women are people I want to see in the top 10. When we get to the top 10, let me know who you would move out to move her in, you know? Anyway, uh, next up is Danny Spiegel. Danny Spiegel's a case because she's pretty good at very – has a couple, you know, things that she's pretty – like potentially the last in the field, and maybe not last, but bottom 10 in the field. And, and we saw that play out in the – semifinals at west coast where she had like all top six finishes except for ruck run where she didn't you know she wasn't even able to finish the event she does i think have the potential to you know win an event if it lines up uh right for her um 
she competed on a team last year <clears throat> with Jessica Griffith, Griffith actually. And she, but she has some good uh, sanctional finishes from the year before that. But she was kind of, she was the outlier in the sense that she competed at more sanctionals than anyone else in year one. Her finishes were fifth, fifth, third, second, and eighth. Um, she was expected to win the competition. She got second, and that was the Mid Atlantic, uh, the first year there. And she lost to Meg Reardon. But then she got injured, and so then she was kind of coming back from that for a little while. I still think she's not at a hundred percent. She's maybe close, but. I think this would be a good finish for her. I was again, I was trying to find a place for her higher than this, but this is an ultimately where I have her. I, I I think I remember when she popped on the scene and there was a huge hype train behind her that people thought she was going to do great. I think that she she thought she was going to do great, and then she basically shit the bread at the regionals her first year. So so she. she well, she didn't. She didn't shit the bed at the regionals her first year. <clears throat> I think that was the year that there was triple three at the regionals, and she was her running was even worse than. Now. She had a couple good performances, like tenth, like that, and she might have finished ahead of Haley Adams at that regional. Haley was only sixteen or seventeen at the time, but I thought it was a a decent showing for her at regionals, actually, considering that it was her first one. Gotcha. But there was a ton of hype behind her. Like, I, I feel like there were some expectations that she's, go, she's going to the games, that she's like the next big thing. Well, and she's just not, you know, but sometimes you have that hype and that expectation and it just takes a year or two. She made it in 2019. She made it in 2020. Um, and, and now she's made it three. So she, she is a games athlete for sure. It just, you know, sometimes it's very hard to make it your first year at regionals. I'm actually you surprised to see how high she is in this pick. I don't think she beats Amanda. <laughs> Okay. I she, I don't think there's anybody like more explosive, and then she'll have some really cool event wins. But I just don't think she's as well, you know, especially with the first couple events. But so you're saying she's got running's not her strong her strong suit. I think I, I don't want to misspeak here, but I just think I think she has like some stress fractures in her foot or something like that, and yeah, it's pretty painful for her to run long distance. And um, how's her swimming? It's uh, above average. Okay. Well, it's going to be interesting to see because that first event, that's going to be the uh, the mental test for for a lot of people who aren't good at running and swimming. Is there running in that event that no, I don't know just, about? It's just paddle swim. Oh, paddle swim? Okay. I have no idea. I thought he said run swim. <laughs> My bad. Okay. Number 14. Yeah, so I think this is another one that when people see it up here, it's Gabriela Magawa from Poland, and I think people are going to be surprised that she's this high and likely going to say, come on, man, she's not going to beat Barnhart. But um, just look at her competitive history. Oh, wait, 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 who did you say? Gabriela Magawa. Okay, we got the wrong picture up. We do? We do, which is amazing. It says Michelle Bassanet. I, I, I think it's the right, might be the right picture, just the wrong name is written on it. Yeah. Well, it should be Gabri- Gabby Magawa. Okay. Um, and she's the other person I trained with last week. So I just threw her 10 spots up higher than I wanted to. Cause I got to know her a little better. And with Michelle Bassanet, <laughs> that's the name written on the card. Um, is that, that she, that's the block. She was number 39, 38, 39. She's the one out of South Africa. Yeah. Okay. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Um, okay. So, uh, tell me about Magawa again. Sorry. So you, you trained with her a little bit and you think she's the shit now. I thought she was before that too. I didn't know. I didn't change either of their rankings after that. She um she was third at the teenagers in 2016. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was behind Haley Adams and why am I blanking on her name from Florida? 
but uh, very good teenage athletes there. Um, Kayla, something. And uh, anyway, she made it in 2019. She got cut in first cut, and I was really disappointed by that. She has, she definitely has a weakness in her game, which is upper body pulling strength. The latest roll climbs got her on that one, which is too bad because I actually think she had potential to finish in the top 30 that year. She made it in 2020. It was virtual. She got 18th. But what strikes me for her is her sanctional uh, record. So first year sanctional, she goes to Wadapalooza in Dubai, maybe the two, the two best. She finishes seventh and ninth, very respectable. The next season, she goes to Norway. She wins it. She goes to strength and depth. She's second to Laura Horvath, beats Haley. Then she goes to Dubai. Well, it's actually, I have this in reverse order. And she showed up at Dubai. In Dubai, she finished fourth behind Sarah Sigmund's daughter, Karen Freyova, who I'm so bummed is not in the games field this year, and Jamie Green, or Jamie Simmons. And Gabby Magala. Migawa finished eighth or better in every single event across the week that weekend at Dubai, of which I think there were 11 events. And even Sarah Sigmund's daughter, who won the competition, couldn't say that. Uh, Gabby is very strong. Like, trust me, she's very strong. She's very well-rounded. She does, like I said, upper body pulling is a little bit of a weakness for her, but I watched her uh, do some upper body pulling that day that I trained with her, and she's clearly gotten better at it. Some people work on their weaknesses. James, we've talked about this a little bit, and it's difficult for them to improve. I think she is improving in that realm, and I think that she is does have the potential. I don't know if, of all these girls that we're getting in this realm, like if Barnard finishes in the top 10, I won't be as surprised if Gabby does, but I think that Gabby can, uh, can, can also can beat Barnhart. Like she's, I think she's better than most people know. And of all the, she, I would definitely put her up there in the athletes that we've interviewed that seems the most focused. I think the only flaw that I saw in her focus, and it's not a flaw, but it's just like a red flag, is the fact that she does have a boyfriend and she does train with her boyfriend. And sometimes, you know, that's the look at Tia, right? Um, but that being said, uh, she, uh, she seems extremely focused and she views herself as a CrossFit Games athlete. Like she really sees herself as that. You can, and you can't say that about all the athletes. They got they got either CrossFit they either see it as CrossFit Games athlete hyphen something else hyphen something else hyphen. But she is um, she's CrossFit Games athlete, and uh, it, it, she was an impressive, impressive young lady to speak with. Well, all of the girls, all of the ladies that are that remain on this list, I think see themselves that way. <clears throat> you you know when you go to a party and 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 you're talking to someone and you have like one beer. You kind of enjoy talking to them a little bit more, and then you have two beers, and you have a little more, and then you get four or five beers, and you got the beer goggles on. I'm wondering when Brian trains with these athletes, men or women, how what the what the equivalent is to 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 putting beer goggles on him and affecting his choice. You know what I'm saying? Like like I would have never I've never worn wrist straps in my life, but when I went to go film Miko Salo, one of the first things I did was I came home and bought wrist straps. I still have them. I never wore them, but Miko Salo had them and he wore them, so I bought them. So like I'm like like when I was with Miko it was like I drank five beers. I was like swooning. <laughs> so like I'm just curious like he trains with this girl and and it, it must be crazy to be out there with her training, right? And um, it's someone at their absolute best, and I just, I just find it. I wonder if it's unper. Is he doing more research, or is it unprofessional what Brian's doing? That we don't have to have an answer to that, but it'll be fun to look at that over the years. I can't wait to see the comments for this one. I mean, I mean, you could, you, you have a horse. Let's say you own a horse and you see it running in the field. It's probably like the most impressive thing you've ever seen as it stampedes by you. And you, but, but he's not even in the top seven million fastest horses in the world. But shit you saw him run by you so you're like holy shit i just saw 1200 pounds run by me so you're impressed by it so i just wonder 
but Brian, your argument for all of her wins and where in the category she falls in, I mean, you defended it very well. I actually so, but, think your argument works better for people who are fans of people who are already been to the games. And it's like, Hey guys, don't forget like the CrossFit pool is still pretty small. And there are probably some people out there who are like, like monstrously fit. You know, like Roman Kronikov is a really good example of that, I think. And it's like, you know, everybody's like, Oh, this so-and-so can't beat so-and-so. And it's like, well, you're just a fan of this person. You've just, you've just seen him go. And it's like, the chances are there are still people out there that are way fitter. It's it's funny you say that in, in my early years of CrossFit, people would be like, Hey man, you get a fucking running back in here training CrossFit and he'll fucking destroy the pack. And I would think, Oh bullshit. But now 15 years into it, like I'm finally as smart as some of the fans. Like I think there definitely are some people in some other sports that if, if, I mean, it would still take a ton of work. It might be too late. If they're 25 and they try to switch, it might be too late. But there's definitely some genetics out there. I, mean, I guess you could say that. Well, Jason Hopper is a really good example of what exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But but you know what? Maybe you can say that about any sport. So maybe it's irrelevant what we're even saying, right? Like the world's greatest shot putter is clearly not – has never been found, right? Because so few people do shot put. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's a moot point. 13. Sorry. Number 13. Thank you, Hobart. All right, James, here we go. So, thir- Hobart made the list. Oh, cool. <laughs> there uh, she is. I just I'm a I'm a super big fan of of the younger athletes and just because um I'm a really big fan of the sport and I think uh it just shows again like we were just talking about how far the sport has grown and spread, you know, athletes going to the coming to the games from South Korea. Um, you know, teenage athletes just smashing it. It's just, it's super cool. Let me translate that for you, Brian, before you talk about Emma Carey, number 13. Hobart said he's a big fan of the younger athletes. No, what he is is he hates the athletes who are still in there that he competed against, and he can't <laughs> wait till the young people fuck them up. Finally, okay, go on. so they can be washed up like me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, and, and Emma Carey, and obviously Mallory or Brian is still to come on the list. Were this was difficult for me to figure out where to rank them. And I said we'd get back to talking about the Granite Games. And this is what I wanted to say about the Granite Games is Mallory O'Brien and Emma Carey come in and do the open. Emma Carey finishes well, since we're talking about her. She was second worldwide in the open. She was fourth in the quarterfinals. And she said, I'm foregoing the age group online qualifiers and I'm taking my one shot to make it as an elite individual female athlete at the games despite still being eligible to compete in the teenage division and she said the granite games and i was so excited to see both of them compete because i was like okay doing it online is great but let me see what happens when you line up against some of the best in the world and then they both get sent to granite games and you know christy aramo was there yes and we know that she's got four finishes of 13th or better at the games but in my opinion none of the top 10 women in the world this year we're at the Granite Games. So I still haven't seen these girls go against the best in the world. Instead, I got to see them go against 35-year-old Alessandra Pacelli, Aria Lowen, who wins the competition, who's showing up there just to get a name placard, according to herself, Christy Aramo, who fails to even qualify, and Caroline Connors, who makes her first trip to the Games. So I still haven't seen these girls on the floor against their idols, probably. The Katrins, the Annies, the Tias, the Caras that they've been watching for the last five years as they're aspiring to be those girls. So I'm keeping them outside of the top 10 right here, but it's not that they don't have that potential. And no matter where they finish, they've already set history. Who's eligible to compete as a teenager has ever qualified for the games as an individual before. Brian, sorry, I know you said this. I just want to see if I heard you correctly. Are you saying that Emma Carey 
could, how old is she? 17. So you're saying she could compete in the teen competition this year? Both her and Mallory O'Brien could be, yes. Wow. That is nuts. Has a dude ever done that? No. So that's only that's only a woman thing. These are the first two. Amazing. This Haley is Adams really- tried. She made it to regionals when she was both 16 and 17. She failed to qualify both years, which is fine. It was impressive just that she was there. She was already already she that was her writing history. But these girls have both done it this year, and it's the first time it's ever been done. Wow. And there's no there's no question that it would have been Emma or Mallory who won the teen competition this year. So, well, uh, correct. Well, there's another w- woman who is competing at Atlas Games who's only 16 years old, and she narrowly missed making it as well. Her name's Emma Lawson. But, uh, yeah, I think Mallory and Emma would have ran away with the competition. Mallory chose to participate in age group online qualifier and qualified first. Why is there more hype behind Mallory than Emma? We'll get to her in a second and talk about that. Okay. Uh, number 12. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, wait, wait, one more question. We can, you can show us the slide for number 12. Brian, when you do these rankings, are you trying to be right? Or are you trying to be most logical? Or are they the same thing for you? I think they're the same. I mean, I'm, I'm, using my, I'm using everything that I know about the sport and the athletes and the competition this year to try to put them in the order that I think is most likely for them to finish. Okay. Number 12, Annie Thor's daughter. Wow. And uh, just, yeah, so Emma Carey, Anna Thor's daughter, Mallory O'Brien is going to be the next one up. And these three women were the three hardest women for me to place this year because just as much as as Emma and Mal are unknown in my mind because no one at that age has ever done it before and they haven't um, competed against a lot of these women before, Annie, like Mackenzie Riley, is coming up. She gave birth a year ago. And she's talked about publicly some of the mental and physical stresses that have been accompanying her this year. Now, she's also done incredibly well in competition so far. And from the, we've talked about this before. She's basically been ahead of the game every step of the way. 118th in the open, ninth in Europe, third at Lowlands Throwdown, and just generally feeling better doing those workouts than before. I've seen some clips of her training for the games and her tenacity. It looks like it's there. It looks like she's as fierce and determined and driven to do well at this games as she ever has before. This is her 11th time competing at the games as an individual, and she's 31 years old. And she had to take last year off to give birth. That, I mean, we talked about her at length when we did our top 10 of all time, and we had her second place there. Certainly, she could do better than this. But I think that this is a fair place to put her, given so many of the unknowns coming back from the traumatic and life-changing year that she's had. Super physique like mount olympus shit like (laughs) fucking batman ain't got nothing on her the 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 fact that we get to see someone like with annie's physique compete in the crossfit games aesthetically is a gift to all of fucking humanity i mean that she is she she makes you proud like to be a human what a what a super creature and the fact that she's been in the game since the dust at aromas as brian said 2009 what a special 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 uh gift we should all be thankful she's competing and and like you said brian the mom thing is like makes me want to tear up so awesome i do want to ask you this if she finishes 12th 
based on the rest of your picks that I haven't seen yet, will she switch places with Katrin Dodder for the all-time top 10? Will she then drop from number two to number three? It depends how Katrin does. Of course. Okay. Number uh, 11. Course. I know he ducked it. He, Ryan ducked the question. Come on. I didn't. I answered the question. Honestly. No, because you know what Katrin, what if Katrin places where you have her placed? <sighs> That'll be tough. Then be, maybe. Okay. Then we got to Num- do another show. <laughs> number number 11. Yeah, good point. Christian Leon says, Car is the fittest mom. I, I, pr- I probably agree with you. Um, uh, Mallory, oh, we'll see. Mallory O'Brien, number 11, the young superstar, so much hype around her. Basically, no one would even know who Jason Hopper was if it wasn't for this podunk podcast we do. But Mallory O'Brien has made it on her own without the help of myself and Hobart and Brian Friend. What is this hype about, Brian? I think that the hype for Mallory, as opposed to Emma, is what she did at the Granite Games. Honestly, I mean, coming in there, she was fifth in the open rink, one spot behind Emma, and she was third in the quarterfinals, one spot ahead of her, I think. So they're basically coming in with similar credentials. And, and she beats Emma in the, in the, in the semifinal, but it wasn't really as big of a gap as you think. They both were coming into the final event having already secured a spot at the games. And Emma took a risk in the final event by trying to do the double dumbbell overhead walking lunge unbroken and it bit her in the butt a little bit so she finished pretty low on that event but it didn't matter she still finished third overall mal played that particular portion of that event safe and ends up finishing second and actually a few points behind Ariel Lowen for the overall win but it's not that event that stands out in anyone's mind including my own she won three consecutive events at that competition the only other person in the world who won three consecutive events at a semifinal this year is tia claire toomey I don't need to really elaborate on that except for the fact that the way she won those events was incredible. She attacked all of them. We talked to Taylor Self who attacked the dumbbell thruster workout, imploded, and ended up not making the games because of it. Mal attacked that workout, and when things got tough for her, if you go back, James, and watch that event, she gets to the round of 12, I think, and you can see that it's setting in like, oh, my God, did I go too fast? But instead of buckling under the pressure – she finds another gear, she dials it in, and she finishes out the event the way she started, which is in first place. Now, that was one of the – I watched – Granite Games, I watched that pretty much that whole competition. I agree with you there, the way she attacked things and, and her poise. Here's my thing. I, I just don't know how these athletes swim. And the Games is a place where it's like, you, you know, the semifinals, you could be like, all right, the next workout's my thing. I got to get into my rhythm. There's just no time for that at the Games. You have this swim paddleboard weird thing. And you have this cheddar block Husa felt like every every next thing is the next weirdest shit that's going to come up, and it's like I don't I think with these rookies, if they can't get into a good vibe after that swim, I don't see them pushing as high as into these spots, and that's not because of their fitness. I think their fitness is there. I think it's just because familiarity of being in the games and as ruthless as Dave is, and just how unrelenting the games are in that sort of like. Hey, if you're not, you weren't ready for the last curveball, you sure as shit are not going to be ready for the next one. So that's something I think about with them. And it's not because of how fit they are. I just, you know, it's, it's seeing their poise at the games and then just dealing with things like long swim, long paddleboard, weird events. Well, to be, I mean, to be fair, they both competed at the games before. And I know it's not the same in the teenage division as the individual competition. Not even close. No, but they, <clears throat> but they do, they did have to swim and they can swim. 
And they did have to deal with some things that are a little different that you might not get in other competitions. And at their age, there's no, really nothing else they could have done to prepare for it than what they've already done. Also, last year, in light of or in, in, in replacement for the games that didn't get to exist for the teenagers, Mal did go and compete at the Pit Teen Throwdown, and she won that competition. And they have some outside-of-the-box programming there, too, using their landscape and physical acclimate. Uh, physical features of the of the landscape for their competition. So it's a fair point. Obviously they don't they do lack some experience at the games. I think that mentally both of these girls are tougher than anything I could ever comprehend, especially at that age. And I do think that they have the ability to uh, this is what I was specifically was watching for at the Granite Games was when some when adversity struck, what would they do? And in the wall ball event, Mal started getting some no reps and she didn't let it get her down. She adjusted and made it made it work. Emma started failing that dumbbell at the end, and it wasn't so much how she responded on the field. She talked about it afterwards that she was like, no, that was a calculated risk. I knew what I was doing. And it's this level of maturity. It's 17 years old that I can't, I can't fathom. And I just, I think they have good people in their corner. I think they have a good shoulder on their heads. And I think that they're, they're positioned to respond to those challenges differently than almost anyone else on the planet at that age. Well, yeah, heck yeah. I mean, prove me wrong. I'd be happy to see that, but I don't, I don't see Hobart, them this high. Hobart, I was going to ask you something similar in that same vein. I'll just ask you to direct. How much harder – so if you have one dog, um, two dogs is twice as hard as one dog. But three dogs is more than three times as hard as one dog, anyone who's owned three dogs. Shit starts getting – it's a fucking lot of dogs. Yeah, we had five once growing up. Yeah, it's insane, right? It's, yeah, it's 20 legs, man. It's fucking insane. And so people don't realize that. Tell me the difference between a six-workout competition or a seven-workout competition and a 15-workout competition. Because – and let me say one final thing for you answer. Even like when I've gone like on 20-mile hikes or something like you hike Yosemite, El Capitan or whatever the fuck that thing is you climb up, it's like an emotional journey. It's an all – and, and the emotions that you see behind the scenes – from the athletes is crazy. Yeah. No, and, and you know, I will say this too. I, I agree with Brian on this. Listening to, to Mal and uh, Emmy, Emma both talk in interviews and um, we had like a company-wide meeting uh, for CrossFit and they came on and they, you know, they, they talked to the group and introduced themselves. Um, they're absolutely poised and about, they're more emotionally sure at 17 than I am now at 35. Um but again, that being said, I just think there are so many things at the games that are unknowns that have nothing to do with fitness. And um, those are compounding factors. And those are really hard for some people. And you know what? If they show up and finish 11th and 12th or 13th or top 10, I'll be you know pleasantly amazed and surprised. Um, but I just I don't see that being the case this week weekend. And it has nothing to do... With their fitness, I just think because the environment is so new and the competition is going to be so fierce. She's pretty protected, though. She seems pretty insulated, which might I mean, which might go to her advantage. Yeah. So, hey, it's awesome. <laughs> okay. It's awesome. Mallory O'Brien. And, and uh, number 10. Here we go. Here we go. Here You're going to be go. pumped for this one, Savan, I, I hope, I think. Good. So coming Emily in 10th. Abbott. Emily Abbott. Oh, Daniel. Oh, no. We have she's at number 9. Wait. We have a problem here. What? Emily Abbott. We have a problem. We have number 9, Daniel Brandon. We skipped number 10. Who's number 10? No, no. no. Da- Daniel Brandon is number 10 on my list. Okay. So we just have the number wrong. No big deal. 
Number 10, Danielle Brandon. Very happy. Awesome. Great podcast guest. Little weird at fir- little weird at first, little bumpy in the first 10 minutes. Once we all settled down, everything was great. Everything was great. And tremendous athleticism, tremendous physical potential here. Um, the biggest question mark for her is between the ears. And if she's able to just, I don't know, I don't know what, what she needs to do to just be dialed in for the entire weekend. But if she's able to do that, I think she actually has potential to do even better than this at the games. I had a lot of people are talking about Carrie Pierce, Bethany Shanver, Daniel Brandon, which one's going to do the best here and there. And Bethany and Carrie outperformed her at semifinals, no doubt. And obviously I haven't gotten to either of them yet. So there's still ahead of her on this list. And I don't, I just don't feel, I feel like Danielle has the potential to beat both of them at the games and actually to beat uh, almost all of the women at the games. I don't know if she's figured out how to tap into that potential quite yet. So I think 10th is a fair place to, to put her. And she's one of those athletes that has the ability to do a little bit better than this, a little ability to do a little bit worse. Maybe like five to 15 is her range. And so I settled on here, her here at 10. She was 10th in the 2019 games and it was kind of, I think a, unfortunate for her that she didn't get that spot. Obviously, we didn't know at the time that Anna Fragka was not going to be clean, and so she didn't get the opportunity to finish out that game, so she missed out on a little bit of experience there. I think she is a little bit short on experience relative to pretty much everyone else that's going to come up on the list at this point. So I have her here at 10th. I'm super excited to watch her. I think she has the potential to hit some home runs. I think she can, if she can just navigate some of the, kind of like Jason Hopper, if she can navigate some of the things that come up and then rebound from those and do well when she knows she can do well, um, that she's getting, she's kind of a force to be reckoned with. She, this, this chick has grit. She presents like a Bentley, but she's a monster truck. There is no question. Her, her psychology, when you talk to her, I mean, she's just like, I don't trust anyone. And I mean, she, she's a fighter. She, her, she has a, this chick has grit. No one should overlook her. She will She will go into the final event with no chance to win the games and still try to take first place in the final event and ruin someone's day. I mean, this, this is not a, uh, this is, um, this is a prison yard warrior. This is a playground legend. This is a kid who stayed up late and, uh, till the sun went down and played in the yard. This is, uh, like while the other kids were running from the snake, she went inside and got a shovel and cut its head off. Uh, don't, don't mistake her, her looks for something that's not uh, fierce. That's my thought. James, I'm, I'm nervous that you're not going to like this next one. I just don't want to add, I don't want to say anything right now because I don't want to ruin Savan's little like, uh, his like uh, Jack Kerouac free thought flow yet. <laughs> that was impressive. I'm, 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 even I'm impressed no, with that one. So. I, I, I like this way better than where you put her on the all-time list. Same picture, same picture. Brian, she deserves a new picture. Incredible picture though. Um, oh, we got Kristen's up there? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Kristen Holta, I have her here at ninth. She has um, four, one, two, three, or five finishes, four finishes, excuse me, in her career better than this, a sixth, the second, a seventh, and seventh. Her le- best two finishes have come the last two years, but in 2017 and 2018, against a lot of these women and against a full field of tests, she finished seventh and seventh. So obviously has the potential to be within the top 10 at the games. She is technically masters eligible this year at 35 years old. She won her semifinal in Europe. We've already talked about how strong the women's field can be there. We know she can win events at the games. She can have top five finishes at the games. I think she's still relevant and competitive with the top 10 in the world. But I think we see a little bit of a regression from her this year. Not anything to do with her getting worse, just with the field continuing to be strong and a couple girls 
getting a little bit better. I think that's the line this year is 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 not is the how good the women's field is getting, and how there's you know they're closing that gap little by little, below Tia. How are you feeling, good now, Seba? Does she speak English? Yeah, I feel so much better. Yeah, yes. she does. It's and I say that because this just shows if you ever want to talk if anyone's ever talk about what a dipshit I am I can't ever remember interviewing Kristen Holta and I hardly know anything about her and yet she's it's for some reason I just she just stayed off of my radar because she's and, just, and it's she's quiet and just does work man she's so cool yep and how do you know her did you train with her Hobart I I am. She came down to uh, like one of those. We had like a Reebok athlete training camp, and she just came down for a couple of days and kicked everybody's ass, and then just left quietly. Awesome. Where Where is she from? Um, Norway. Norway. Oh, okay. That was supposed to be a joke when I said, "Does she speak English?" Because I thought maybe like you were going to say she was from North Carolina or some shit. Okay. And that was funny. Thank you. Uh, number eight. Number eight. Bethany Shadburn. Um, winner of the West Coast Classic, trains with Daniel Brandon and Carrie Pierce. Uh, she does have an eighth place finish at the games. It was in 2019. She made the final cut. She, the only person she beat was Terry Helga daughter from that point on. But the main thing about Bethany Shadburn is I don't think she's ever been nearly as healthy as she is right now. We talked about a little bit with the men, how health can go a long way in competition the last couple of years, she has taken. And I don't want to say. I don't want to say that other athletes aren't doing this, but she just advertises it more than just about anyone else. She's taken accessory work to the next level. She's doing all the little things in the gym, all day long, every day: recovery, mobility, stabilization drills, to give herself every chance to stay healthy and be healthy and be confident going into competition. I think she actually surprised herself a little bit at West Coast Classic with how good she was feeling, how well she was performing, and how well she was responding to being in a competitive environment, particularly against some of her training partners. She was regularly beating her times from training. I think even though she has an eighth on her resume, if she's able to replicate that or even improve on it, she's set up to have what I would consider, if even if not maybe her best finish ever at the Games, her best performance ever at the Games. Tremendous athlete, um, also incredibly nice and humble person. Uh, I hope that we get to get to know her a little bit more this year um, from that perspective. But I think from an athletic perspective and competi- competition perspective alone, she is a um, she's definitely one to watch. Have you trained with her? No, because if he had, she'd be number five. <laughs> oh, Just checking. Uh, when you say obsessed, you mean like Lucas Parker obsessed or not that obsessed? Maybe more. <sighs> Wow. Really, Hobart? Yeah, check out her Instagram. She's always okay. like doing some little thing. But it seems to be working for her because she did she did smash up the West Coast Classic. And, and, right. and I just thought her positioning, like her body the way that her body was positioned in every movement and every combination of movements was was phenomenal. And you've talked about before, Savan, how some of the best historically in the sport are also some of the best movers. And she is moving very well right now. What what um what was her first year at the games? Shadburn first year at the games twenty seventeen she was twenty second twenty eighteen sixteenth twenty nineteen eighth twenty twenty twentieth so this is her fifth straight year competing at the games. Uh, wh- what place did she take in twenty seventeen? Twenty second. 
Yeah. Um, so I remember that year, I think it was that year that she came in and there was a lot of hype around her and I felt like she lived up to it. She, she handled the pressure really well in 2017. Did she win an event that year? Um, I don't think, I don't think she's ever won an event at the games. There's a great comment on here. You have, I have to read it to you, Brian. (laughs) 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 I love how people listen, but I can't tell if they're joking. But, but Brian basically just said, I think she'll get eight because she does a lot of accessory work. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that too. That's a really good one. That is good. That's it. You heard it here first. Um, number seven. Number seven. Um, pretty curious to see how she does over overall at the games this year because she's trained up her training environment. So this is Brooke Wells. She's training with Tia this year, and she's moved away from the comp train crew. And I think it's that's you know totally fine. I think that some athletes thrive under having the consistency year after year after year. And others get to a point where they realize, like, this has been great for me, but I want to go and see if I can tap into somewhere else. And she saw this opportunity and took it. And I'm curious to see if it manifests itself into um, something that she's hoping for, which I'm guessing she's hoping for her career best finish at the Games this year. Last year, she was fifth, which was her best to date. She has this history, um, not to the extreme of uh, who are, who are we talking about earlier, who was like top, bottom 10, top 10 back and forth, but... 16th, 6th, 14th, 8th, 15th, 5th. So the pattern would say that this is set up to be a not such a great year for her. But I don't think that's going to be the case. She looked pretty good at the semifinals. I think she is doing very well training with Tia. I think she'll be in the mix from beginning to end of the competition. Um, and uh, so, yeah, Brooke Wells, I think, is poised to have her uh, another top 10 finish this year at the Games. I would love to have her on the podcast and hear the gritty gritty is not the right word minute details of how her and tia started working together like is this is this does she call tia and say hey can i train with you or is it a really slow courtship like one time they work out together like and then like they start texting back and forth and then somehow they meet up somewhere else and work out twice together and like i'd love to hear the feeling out process and and, because i'm going to speculate that tia is very very for lack of a better word protective I'm guessing all the champions are who they led into that orbit um, for training. And the fact that she chose Brooke or that Brooke chose her, I'm dying to hear the details. It would, it would be, it would be um, fun to interview her and fun to interview Tia and then c- kind of compare the, the perception that each of them had. And I didn't think of this until you said it, Brian, but, but it, it is true. There is something – I mean, obviously don't know her that well, but there's something like um, almost Noah Olson-esque about her, like angelic and lacks this switch. And you definitely, at least on the outside, and you definitely see it in Tia. So did she choose to go to Tia to, 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 um, to mirror that, to sort of get that through osmosis? Because we already know Brooke's fucking an amazing athlete, an amazing CrossFitter. Was she just l- looking for that tiny little piece? And... uh it would be fascinating to hear her, the details of that, hear her explain that, reflect on that. Maybe even if she hasn't reflected on it, just go deeper with her and get to the bottom of that. I'd love to see her do well. I think she's an amazing ambassador for the sport. Hobart, you have anything you want to say about Miss Wells? I just like that that it was a couple of years ago she did like the month of um, workout briefs on CrossFit.com. Like I said, that's my bias take, so I hope she does well. You're a good dude. 
Yeah, if you support the affiliates, I'm down with that. <laughs> Me too. Number six. <laughs> so number six is a woman that I do think has that little that mental edge <clears throat> to show up and get it done when it matters most, and it's Carrie Pierce. Um, Carrie Pierce is kind of in she's in the kind of the gatekeeper position right here for fittest American woman woman and has been for a while. Her career finishes at the games are 21st or rookie year, fifth, 10th, sixth, fifth and third. It's a pretty impressive resume. We know how strong the women's field has been in the last five years. She's been right there every single year. Um, <clears throat> you know, she finally got on the podium last year through the, you know, a little bit different format, but it wasn't easy. I mean, she had to, the, the, the five women that were at the games last year are also in the top 10 here. In fact, I think they're all in the top seven um, with Brooke being the, lo- the one I have ranked the lowest of those five. So it wasn't like, a, you know, I think it was a stronger five than the men's five relative to to everything. And she she did what she needed to do to find her way on that podium, and that meant a lot to her. I think she's having a good time competing with um, Bethany and, and Danielle, and that that's generally a good environment for all of them. Obviously, I have them all in the top ten. But I still think Carrie has a, the edge to beat those two and to beat a lot of the other women. Um, so I have her here sixth. I think she'll be right in the mix with the final heat from beginning to end of the weekend. and. Um, yeah, I feel good with her at six. I hope she's on the podium. I was going to say she deserves to be on the podium, but I, the word deserves is such idiocy, and I've torn people <laughs> apart for using that. But uh, I hope she makes the podium, and we need to interview her too. She, her longevity is crazy. She reminds me of a UFC fighter who just keeps upping her game, upping her game. Like, you know, like you come in there and you're just all jujitsu, and then all of a sudden, you five years later, you're a world class boxer too. I dig her. But longevity is the story of the women's field. I mean, this is her yeah. seventh year. It's Brooke Wells' seventh year. It's Tia's seventh year. It's eighth for Colta. It's ninth for Briggs. It's eighth for Pacelli. It's ninth for David's daughter. It's ninth for Saunders. It's 11th for Thor's daughter. It's just incredible the number of years that these women are able to not just come back to the games, but excel. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Pierce deserves a standing ovation as America's greatest <laughs> CrossFitter when she... <laughs> walks out into the uh, Coliseum that evening. You guys hear me? Thank you. <laughs> she really does. All right, who's, top five. Here we go. Uh, go ahead, Hobart. Say it. Someone just said, Brian, who's paying you to make these decisive picks? Brian can't rub two nickels together. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> He's got a, his refrigerator has like a, a Budweiser that he bought in 1974 probably still Is in it. it. King it was air a gift. mattress, it was a not gift. really a king bed. I bet you Brian saves every penny he makes for retirement already. He's probably got $12 million saved in a Bank of America account making 0.5% on it. <laughs> you know one pays him shit. He's just fucking, he's got a paper route on the side even. A couple Smart of six dude. roommates in his hotel right now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Whoa, let's go. Number five, Katrin David's Doter. Yeah, Katrin. I mean, we talk about consistency over time, and despite all the accolades we've listed for a lot of the women behind her, six straight top five finishes at the games, two firsts, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. It's just one of these women that you, I can't, until someone pushes her out of the top five, I can't, I can't do it. Um, she has proven that she can compete in every scenario, every format. It doesn't matter whether there's cuts or not cuts online or live. It doesn't matter if there's, 15 tests or 10 tests or who shows up to the game she's always relevant so i have her fifth here 
definitely has the potential to be better. Obviously, it's a very competitive field, but I'm very happy with her at fifth. Uh, she, she, this girl's not going to go down without a fight. You like, every, like people say, like you have to stay in your own game and you have to play your own game. There's an exception to this, man. If you want to win the CrossFit Games, you have to beat Katrin. This chick is freaking good at CrossFit. She knows what's going on on the floor. She knows what's going on with her. She she works her ass off. She's managing uh, an immense amount of fame within the community. Uh, this is uh this is another this is a fierce this is a uh this is the this is the alpha lion in the one of the alpha lions in the pack and 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 all the other girls know it Tia knows it everyone knows it this isn't this is this is like to see Katrin and Tia compete I think is like as good as we're gonna get to seeing Matt and Rich compete these are two maybe not in terms of their quality of how good they are at CrossFit but these are two fucking alphas these are two bulls who are locked in the same pen together. And I can't say that about a lot of the other, uh, you know, athletes. Usually, you know who the alpha is just by who's better. But this is I I view Katrin as a a mental giant. And it's it's oh man, I'm so happy you said that because I'm watching the comments. And again, I think there are probably people out there who, in an online comp in the gym, would are fitter or would beat her in workouts. But Katrin is someone who's like. I'm going to look at every little detail. You know, if I, Hey, if I don't have a knife, I'll stab you with a pencil. You know, like right. she's just, she's, you know, I'll and I don't, you. I, yep. yeah, exactly. My hands are broken. Oh yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to chew your arm off. I just don't think everyone understands it at this games level. Like that's one of the things that aside from her fitness, aside from her training and coaching, like that's one of the things that makes her so good. And, and these athletes who are in that top five, like I know, Watching these other athletes, 10, 11, 12, the Mal O'Brien, the Bethany Shadburns, how fit they are. But it's like, do they have that willingness to be like, go out there and kill? So, and Cara Saunders, too. Someone mentioned Cara's name. That is true. I would love to see a weekend of Tia. I would love to, I would, whoever, who, the media that gets access to the corral on the last couple days, if Cara, Katrin, and Tia are in there, should watch the eye contact, the body language. It is going to be. The most tense shit is not going to be on the floor. I am telling you, it is going that to. Doesn't, be it doesn't so matter which. Tense. Look, look at the women we've listed so far, and the ones that are still to come. It doesn't matter which ten of these women end up in the final ten. It's yeah. going to be intense. It's going to be really intense. But, but, like, but, and I'll use Kristen Holta. I don't know her that well, but like, there's girls who mind their own business in the corral. These, these, these women. These, Catherine is bigger than her body. Like she, if she walks by you five feet away, you feel her walk by you. She's not a, um, I, I, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it. And, yeah. She and, has and, a presence about her. She has an aura. Like you, you can't help but notice that she's there. Yeah. And if, and if, if and Cara Saunders is like, if she, if you're stuck in a prison cell with, with her, I mean, she gets to eat food off of your plate first and then you get what's left over. I mean, these are, these are not, these are not like. This is this is like real big boy time. This is like these people have stuff going on about them that's like not tangible and that the rest of us don't you you can observe but you can't really put your finger on it. And we talk so, about we talk about Brooke leaving the comp train crew and going and trying something else and we have Katrin who's not doing that. Katrin is the epitome of it's not broke don't fix it. Her and Ben have a unique relationship and always have that clearly works for them. And they've experienced all the ups and downs of the CrossFit Games and CrossFit Games season for the last seven years together. 
They're prepared for anything. They respond to the, the unknown elements that James is talking about that others maybe don't have that experience to as well as anyone. They take what there's, what's given to them and they figure out how to use it best to perform for them. Uh, ben and Katrin's relationship is, uh, uh, it would be great to hear a whole book about that, see a whole book. They have a very, what, what I've perceived over the years, a very, very unique relationship. They are extremely close from what it seems. Um, yeah, it's a, I can't ever see, um, I can't ever see them parting ways. They, they are, they're like, it, um, when when they're talking to each other, everyone else goes away. So there's that. All right, we're getting into the thick of it here. Number four. So number four is I have on my list is Carl Saunders, and for majority of the season, I had been saying there's Tia, then there's Kara, then there's everyone else, and I ended up I ended up making a a choice here to put her fourth. And I, well, we'll talk about the women ahead of her, obviously, when it comes, when they come up. Um, Cara, for all intensive purposes, is making her real return to the competitive, competitive landscape. Obviously, she was at Torian Pro, but she basically crushed everyone there. We already talked about how Tia and Jamie were not there. She did compete at Australia in the coming back from pregnancy in 2020, and she won that competition. But again, None of the other women that are in the top 10 of this field were in that field. She was third in the online version of the Rogue Invitational, doing that, again, within a year and a half or so of giving birth and competing in the middle of the night. Incredible performance to do that. But she hasn't had this competitive experience um, against the caliber of athletes that were, that she's going to have to go against here. And I don't know, like she, she, she trains hard and she trains well and she knows herself very well. She's definitely in a good place. She's super happy in her relationship and with her kid and with her businesses. Um, but she's got a lot on her mind and a lot on her heart. Leaving her child behind was very hard for her. She's made the trip over here by herself. I mean, yes, she's training with her friend, Dan Bailey, and they've traveled up here together. So she has some support, but she's set out here to do something that's pretty challenging. She's going into an environment that, yes, she has a ton of experience. This is her ninth year at the Games. But I think that the level of the women competing has raised since the last time that she's really been in this environment. And while I think she can do great, and I won't be surprised if she does podium, I think it's going to be a little bit more challenging than I originally thought for her when I sat down and looked at the rest of the field. Were you on the podcast, Brian, when we interviewed her, or was that just me? I was on it. You were on it. Um uh, she, she, I can't tell. I, I don't believe her. I know I don't believe this. She, she made it sound like she did. She's not going to win that. She's just going to do her best. And I don't believe her for some reason. I can't tell me either whether she conveyed that to us. Cause she's trying to let pressure off of herself or if I misunderstood it. Um, I think I said everything I need to say about her previously. She is, um, she is fierce. I think that, uh, the shame that she hasn't won already um, because I think she could have, if it wasn't for a few injuries or whatnot had happened to her, but she is, uh, she's got it. Whatever it takes to win, she's got it. Number three. So number three is the, the woman who I expect to take over the crown of fittest uh, American woman and really, the next force to be reckoned with in the sport, in my opinion, 
Um, Haley Adams, I've told stories about meeting her before and about her toughness and ferocity and just having that mental edge that you can't you can't teach anyone. Uh, you know, the Mid Atlantic CrossFit Challenge was a great opportunity to watch her compete against Tia and see her. You know, she wasn't she was a little you know she's five percent behind her in every workout, but she was five percent ahead of the rest of the field. And when we're stacking up this incredibly talented field of women and we're trying to find someone who has the capacity to get on the podium i mean she has a lot of com- competitive experience for 20 years old and even though she's the third youngest in the field her her resume and pedigree is not representative of someone who's 20 years old three times to the games as a teenager second second first two times to the games as an individual athlete sixth and fourth yes it was in 2019 and 2020 but what that also means even though she didn't have to necessarily go against the full field or the full test is that she did get to see the full test. So she has the experience of doing 12 events in 2019. She has the experience of not only the online, but then the full test in 2020 at the ranch against Tia, against Katrin, against Brooke, against Carrie Pierce, against, you know, the, some of the best in the sport in the last five years. She's competed at strength and depth. She was third, Wadapalooza fifth, Rogue eighth, Reykjavik second, strength and depth seventh. She's never lower than eighth in the five sanctionals she's competed at. She's giving herself an opportunity to go against all of these women in all these different environments. Um, I think she is incredibly impressive. It's It doesn't matter how many times I see her, just for her size and her body type, the things she can do and the toughness she has is 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 impressive and mind-boggling. I hope everyone gets to appreciate that this year at the games in the way that I think that they will. So I have Haley at third. Um, it's tough. It's tough to put her ahead of Katrin. It's tough to put her ahead of Kara. Uh, you know, some people could say, man, how can you do that? And in, in, when you say about all these other people, until I see him do it, I can't put him up there. But in the case of Haley, I feel like I've seen enough that she is worthy of a, of a podium finish at the games. Anything Hobart? I got something. No, I want, I, I'm a huge fan uh, of Haley, and watching her career come up is uh, absolutely amazing. And again, I remember meeting her at um, I forgot what regional it was a while back, and I think she, you know, she was very young. And she, again, same thing, just super poised, you know, kind of like in the same way that uh, Mal and uh, Emma was. And like I said, because of that, maybe I eat my words because they crush it too this year. But uh, her growth has also been amazing. So I don't think it's a bad pick, Brian. I wish uh, two, I could disagree with you more. Uh, two things here. Matt Souza wrote, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, hit the like button. I I don't see why you can't hit the like button if you don't like the podcast either. If you're not enjoying it, just hit it just for whatever reason. Just if you're watching cause, it. Because it's fun just clicking something on the screen. Um, I think that Haley better make her move this year because shit's about to get real. And I think that if she if she doesn't really really turn up her game, that that I I I know you guys aren't saying this, but 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 there might be implications that she's the heir to Tia's throne, and man, the, these other two girls, Emma Carey and uh, Mallory O'Brien. O'Brien, might ruin Haley's next ten years. They might fucking turn her into the Scott Panchik of CrossFit, and it's a. Uh, it's uh I mean it was really nice that Katrin and Annie took turns winning the CrossFit Games to a piece. Um it's nice, you know, that you get these people to, so we can have a lot of stars at the top and en- enjoy the competition. But man, this this girl's class, this woman's class is uh is gonna be fierce. And I I think that she we'll see. I know she's really young, but these other girls are really young too, and it's going to get nasty in there. 
I don't. That's a good point. I don't like that heir to the throne thing. And here's okay. why. How many? How yep. many uh, championships does Tia have? Seventeen. Four. Okay. Yeah, she has four. Okay. You're right. You might be like the next, you know, the next up and coming champion, but. Until you get four champ, you know, like no one's someone wins this year and they're like, oh, they're the heir to Matt Frazier's throne. Like, shut up. No, they're not. They won the CrossFit Games. And that's incredible and amazing. When you win five and then win a six, okay, then we'll talk about it. But anyway, I just wanted to gripe about that hey, one thing. Hey, that's totally fair. And you know what? Matt and T have kind of ruined it for everyone else, at least for a few years. Yeah. Because it's going to take for us to forget how good they are. Because it, it's not going to be enough when someone wins once for us as fans of the sport. And that's not to like, discredit anybody's performance, but it's, also, agree. it's just like, like, you know. I agree. Anyway. Number two. This one's going to be interesting. Yeah. So, you know, in some capacity, you, you could say that my uh, second place picks on both the men's and women's sides are a bit of a, uh, you know, maybe maybe they're the, they're the stretch picks or the outlier picks, or people might might say, "Man, that's pretty high to have them." Given what we don't know about Hopper and what the relative history of Laura Horvath has been, but I am super super high on Laura Horvath making a return run to the top of the women's field this year. I think that what we saw in 2018 was not a fluke. I think she actually is that good and can be that good. In fact, I think she can be better than that. Um, I don't think that the one hole in her game of the strict deficit parallel handstand push-up or whatever it is is going to prevent her from being right at the top of this field over 15 tests. Okay, we've seen Rich Froning take 33rd in a workout and win the CrossFit Games. We've seen Brent Fikowski take three finishes in the 30s and still finish fourth at the CrossFit Games. You can have a bad finish at the CrossFit Games and still have an amazing CrossFit Games. Ten events before any cuts, it's not going to be an issue for her. She's going to do great in the water. She's going to do great with the pig. She'll run okay. She's great on her hands. She'll snatch fine, over 200 pounds, be good enough. She'll do good with the rope climbs and the uh, ski erg and the sled pull and everything else that we've seen that's come out so far. She can cycle a barbell. She can. She's pretty good at gymnastics. And I think uh, mentally and emotionally she's in a better spot than she's been in the last three years. I think that she's got possibly the best person in her corner that you could hope to have in Ben Smith with just all of the experience and wisdom that he has to share. I think he's actually excited about being in that role and being back in the games in this capacity this year is a new thing for him. Uh, I think he's looking forward to seeing her bounce back and be the athlete that a lot of people have been expecting her to be. She, she won the Europe quarterfinal. She was second in the lowlands throwdown to Emma McQuaid. We already talked about how great Emma McQuaid often does in online competitions. That, that online qualifier had 60 ring muscle up. She's not exactly a small girl. She did fine on that event. Um, she's, you know, I, I'm super excited to see Laura. I think that she, you know, she won three events in her first year at the CrossFit Games. I think we might see her win three events this year too. I think she's going to have a slew of top five and top 10 finishes. I don't, I don't think that she can challenge Tia for the win, but I think she has what it takes to beat everyone else in the field. I like this pick. I hope you're right. It'd be great to see her do good. What I find most interesting about this pick is how you described, you said something about you damn well know that handstand deficit push-ups are the thing that everyone talks about when it comes to her. She must fucking hate that. Everyone's tired of hearing it. But just now when you mentioned it, Brian, I saw you do something that's very uncharacteristic of you. And you said, yeah, whatever about her handstand push-ups or negative handstand push-ups or whatever. Like you didn't even want to acknowledge that anymore. So what's going on with that? Are you sick of it too? 
Well, this is, you know, James has asked me about this subtly in a couple of different contexts and we haven't really addressed it, but <clears throat> I do think that sometimes there's just a skill that no matter how much you work on it, you're not going to get to be as good as you want, want to be at it. Um, and the one, like the one thing that could potentially ruin her weekend is if there is a, a workout, like there was at Rogue Invitational that has those and it has a minimum work requirement that dictates if you can't do this, you can't advance in the competition. Outside of that, I'm not worried about it. She's going to make it to the weekend. She's going to have 14 other events to dominate. Someone wrote, he trains with her brother, and bam, she's second. <laughs> I do. I, I super. I agree with you, Brian. I don't think her 2018 was a fluke. I think uh, Laura is super smart athlete, really awesome person, good head on her shoulders, fierce competitor. I would like to see her back in the top 10, and I think she has the work ethic and the know-how to do it, but, man, this is a hell of a pick. I um, I hope she makes the podium. I hope that uh, Carrie Pierce makes the podium. Uh, I, I, every, I've ne- I've, everyone is impressed with Laura Horvath. You never hear anyone say anything. She's like yeah. a... Awesome. Yeah, the, the, all the film crews, the media, anyone, I, all the athletes I know that have ever trained with her come back uh, jaw dropped, like, oh shit. So uh, she's doing something right. Does she speak English? Yeah, I think she's yes. getting better. Get her on the podcast. Yeah, we definitely. Um, should. How old is she, Brian? 24, 25. God, a child. 24, okay. Yeah. Uh, number one. <laughs> Number one, Tia Claire Toomey. You better have picked a great picture. Ryan, you should have picked a video for this. You should have picked Travis Mayer. (laughs) Not bad, Ryan. Not bad. I would have liked the video for Tia, though, Ryan. Like that video that uh, Lillian Fuentes made for walking towards the camera. Tia Claire Toomey. Four straight first place finishes at the games. Five for five in sanctional she showed up to. Won the Open for the first time this year. Won the quarterfinals. Won the semifinals. I don't know if I need to say anything else, but I have written an article about her that's coming out on Morning Chalk Up Wednesday morning when the game starts that talks about what this means, if she's able to do it. And it also acknowledges that no matter how dominant that she's been and no matter how dominant anyone's ever been in the sport, there is nothing CrossFit Games. It is an incredibly physically and mentally and emotionally challenging week. And even when someone's done it back-to-back-to-back-to-back years, they have to go out on the floor and perform. Obviously, she's proven that she can do that head and shoulders ahead of the women's field, but that doesn't take away from any of the accomplishments and the way that she's continuing to rewrite history. She still has to manage the pain that all the other athletes are going to have to manage. Correct. And just know that she manages it better. (laughs) (laughs) How, how, How impressed are you by her, Hobart? What can you say about her that's not like I've I've told this story a lot and um to people I've talked to in 2019 when she stood that cleanup in the Coliseum and you talk about athletes like having an aura and a presence. I've never seen a CrossFit event go so insane when she stood that like she owned that room. She could have just pointed at people and been like, Hey, you go get me a hamburger. You shake my <laughs> seltzer water up. You sit down and make me be my stool for the day, and they just would have done it, man. It's it's um just everything about her. I think is uh, exactly why she's going to be the five time champ, and hopefully six. Him, him, you, ta- James talking about that makes make, makes you think about this also. So that the only way that that moment happens 
is with a competitor like Amanda Barnhart pushing her to not just to the last bar, but beyond that to barbells that Dave wasn't even planning on having these women lift. And you think about her, the history of, of Tia and the different competitors that have risen up and challenged her in all these different capacities from Cara in 2017 to Laura in 2018 to all the different athletes that took their shot in 2019 and 2020 in these different events. And it doesn't matter what you throw at her, who comes out of the woodwork, which young athlete emerges. She rises to the challenge and just beats them down left and right. It's incredible. Uh, let, let me throw this out there, and I don't know if this is true or not. You guys tell me if this is true. Not only is she the greatest female CrossFitter ever to live, and she's going to be, just by the number of games wins and all her stats, that this year if she wins, she'll be tied with the greatest CrossFitter of all time, Matt Fraser. But what it looks like from the outside is that Matt went to train with her. And by that I mean... It, it it feels, and, and I should ask Matt this next time we do a podcast, that that it was her and Shane and Matt joined them. Imagine and, and Matt and Matt is extremely calculated. He would not have done anything out of just pleasure, right? He wouldn't have done anything to that didn't make him better. So for some reason, even Matt Fraser, the greatest CrossFitter who ever lived chose to train with her and uh, it's um I, I mean the only compliment better than that is is that uh she won the games right that she she, she beat all these other women oh look here we got a video good job yeah man watch she, this video gives me goosebumps man like she's out of control this is the two not thousand nineteen you're talking about i'm pretty sure yeah yeah well done ryan yeah it's um she is there's there's something going on it's uh, there's something going on with her, and, and that's what that's what's going to be great about seeing what happens to Brooke Wells too. Watch her stand this up and just own this place. Is that bar supposed to bend like that? Wow, oh, God, this was so good. The smile and everything, man, amazing. That's so cool. And another fabulous thing, obviously, is that if you if you've been following CrossFit for long enough, is that we saw her sort of grow up into becoming this mature woman, right? She shows up at her first games and she's a little more timid, and she's still amazing. And now we've seen her, like you know, yeah, like she's someone like you watch her work out and win, and you're like, she makes you believe you could do stuff that you can't do. You don't you don't see a lot of athletes in any sport who put who make you feel like that. Me, cool. me, meaning she's accessible. You look at her and, and, and you, she's accessible just, just by looking at her. Yeah. Her or she just has like enough aura where it's like, she just has enough to give out. You know, it's like, she's like, I don't need this. You can have some too. It's amazing. Whenever I used to see you work out, James, it's not that I thought I could do that too. I thought, well, fuck, if he can do it, why can't I do it? But different. <laughs> Very different. Here's, I think. Here's the I scariest that. thing. Here's the scariest thing about Tia. There are 23 women in the field this year older than her. Wow. She's yeah. only 27 years old. She could do this for five more years. I'd love to see her drop a year and come back just, just to feel the Just to test your theory? Oh, yeah, and it would just be a crazy hype train. It would be a crazy hype train. To retire and come back would be a crazy hype train. Think of the people that would lose their mind if Matt or Rich came back. And the thing is, is that 
if you're going to make a, you can say, well, other people have taken a year off and come back, but no one's taken a year off and come back who people thought could win. Those three are definitely in that list. So, um, Hobart, is there anything you'd like to add here? Thanks for staying up so late for us. We know you're competing this week. Super no. excited to see you compete. That was Honestly, awesome. You demand. Thank Brian, you. Brian, I don't know what you're doing this week. Um, Oh, Brian, are, are you in – who are you working for in Madison this year? CrossFit. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. I, I did, well, I, Actually, I didn't know that until earlier today. Someone said, hey, I think Brian's working for CrossFit this year at the games. They didn't say it like that. They were a little more aggressive, but that would be my uh, – It's not my first year doing that. I understand. I understand. He's hanging out with me tomorrow. That's a surprise to him. Are you guys gonna, hanging out? We're going to throw some out. barbells around. Do you think you're going to get to see um, – James compete, Brian. Hundred percent, yeah. You're gonna be there, and if you see him, if you see any advice to give him, will you yell at him and give him advice, or will you use the excuse that he knows better since he has so much experience? Not bother him while he's competing. You can bother me all you want, man. I'll say Bailey is beating you again. <laughs> Pick it up. <laughs> oh my God, my mom just commented. Great podcast. Thanks, mom. Appreciate that. That's awesome. It's really cool. And no one no one said anything vile in the comments in the last four hours. That's impressive. No, comments uh, were awesome. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. We will continue to bring you as much information as we can gather that we find interesting. Uh, I don't know when the next uh, Josh, Matt, and Sevon podcast is happening. <laughs> um, it could, could be any day. It could be later on tonight for all I fucking know. Um. And we're out. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Ryan, you can hang up on these guys. <laughs>